The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Shirley would gulp down her breakfast, shut the fridge and join the throng. Margaret Beatty snatched the milk and scanned the news and went along. Annie Harris drew the curtains, screwed her eyes up, had a beat. Saw the marchers, heard their voices making early morning noises. Stumbled back to bed and tried to sleep. Come with us, run with us. We're gonna change the world, you'll be amazed. Spirits low, grunting greetings, grimly pressing on to where they had to go. When the sun came up, they brightened, stopped to have their thermos brew. Annie Harris got up gladly, pondered for a little sadly, then got on with what she had to do. Marchers, banners go, chanting, shouting out with leaflets, protest for everyone to know. Sit in front of all the traffic, Harry busy shopping wives, try to stir their ostrich notions, whip them up to wild emotions, put some fire into their wretched lives. So come with us, run with us, we're gonna change the world, you'll be amazed, so Sitting by a policeman from the road Margaret Beatty had her face slapped by a man she tried to goad Annie Harris in the office Paused in typing, thought of Don Glanced again at his last letter Died for others to live better Brushed away a tear and carried on It's going to be one of those shows because uh, while, we're, while we're waiting for the show to, uh, the engine to ignite and the thing to start taking off on its own steam, engines and steam, we've been talking about football and that, that really um, gets my iry, I get iry when I, I my ire gets higher. Uh, the late night alternative. I'm so tired. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. Catherine Boyle is here. Word. Mark Mason is the pervert that's dragged football kicking and screaming into this studio. 
God damn it. We were just talking about our kids playing football. And here's the thing. You're right. I don't like football. I, and I'm going to go and watch my boy, eldest boy, play football tomorrow. And I'll, I'll love it. And also, I love, I love doing dad duty. I love dad duty. It's one of the greatest things. So I'll go and stand in the field for an hour and watch it. It'd be, it'd be a joy. Then I'll go and get a haircut. Um, but I hate the game of football. But I like playing FIFA on the PlayStation. Oh, do you? Isn't that strange? That's cause that's, you ought to get nice and close to these that's ones. A vid- uh, that's a video game love yes. rather than a football love, isn't yes, it? Yes. And, and apparently Messi, like Lionel Messi, now even Ian's going to have heard of Lionel Messi. Of course I have, yes. And he plays it, and apparently all the real footballers are very good on the video games yeah. as well. And he plays it online, but not as himself. And so oh. he's playing against someone in one wow. of the. I don't understand the internet or anything. But yeah. you, apparently, you can play. You against can go online people. and play people. And he plays against people, and they don't know that they're playing against Lionel Messi. Wow! One of my favourite things at the moment is watching Scottish comedian Limmy going online playing a game called Overwatch, which is like a <laughs> run-around shooting ga- game set in space. But the people that play it take it very, very seriously. Not sure. Limmy has accepted he is addicted to this game. He's addicted to it. So the only way he can break the addiction is by getting banned from it. So, and the way to get banned is you go into people's games, you take it very seriously, <laughs> and then you play atrociously, and you, you, <laughs> you, you try and slow down your team. And everyone in the team goes, oh, we're going to report you for this, man. This, you're an ass. Well, this goes back to what I was going to say a second ago when we started talking about football. I may have tried to convert you to football before with this fact. Okay. Because we know that Ian is of an age with me, and he likes facts like me. Yeah. And I, I'm sure I must have told you, if you ever get stuck with the equivalent of that sort of computer video game nerd, yeah. if you ever get stuck with a football nerd yeah. at a party Go on. and you want to out-football them, mm. um, ask them what makes Hull City unique amongst all the top 92 league clubs. Have I done this one? The, the look on your face tells me I haven't done this before. Do you know the answer? I don't remember this one, Sorry. but I'm just thinking this would be great with Cundy. I, I suspect <laughs> he's... In fact, I know for a fact that he used... Yes, I know for a fact he knows it. Yes. Oh, does he? Because I've done it before on his show. Um, ah. The uh, hang, whoa, whoa, whoa. of the top hang, hang four. Oh, he's, you've, been, you've been on Jason Cundy's show. Get the yeah, hell out of here. I was, was on Goldstein. It was Goldstein and Cundy. It was Goldstein. Am I? Is that allowed? Oh, it's 50, was, I've deleted it. Point fifty percent. There is that. If okay? it was longer than yesterday ago, they will have both forgotten. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know. Go on. Top four team. Top four um, divisions have ninety-two teams in. Of yeah. all those teams, Hull City is the only. T- and the, the beauty is, you get a football nerd at a party, and they'll go, "Are there any ones who won the FA Cup and then were relegated?" the following it and I'll go through all that stuff and you tell them no they're the only one whose name contains no letters that you can colour in wow <laughs> isn't that a lovely fact <clears throat> we should introduce Mark <laughs> he's been on the show before and um, we tweet each other occasionally so some of you know he's uh, um, uh, a writer an author has written well, it must be about half a dozen books you've done now overall I'm sorry to say it's 21 uh. But I, I'll ask for 15 of those to be taken into account I, I've, you sentence I've, me. I've read half a dozen of your books. I've read the, the <laughs> half a dozen good ones. Um, so let's quick quick recap of the ones that we have talked about before. The postcode book where you investigated every postcode. Yeah. I think the first one we ever did was Land's Enter John O'Groats by Local Bus. Oh, such a ridiculous but that wonderful was... thing. You, well, you did it by, by, was... by bus, not by, but not by coach, not by, you know, but by actual... The number 391 yeah. from Carlisle to whatever the nearest... Yeah. Town. I can't remember any of the numbers now. Um, I, bet so if, the... I bet if you sat down no, and no, thought no, about no, it, no, you no, could. No, no, no. no. I know some facts, Ian, but I have got something of a personality. Okay, okay, so okay <laughs> good. I'm glad, I'm glad that I cannot remember any of the bus numbers. Um, so there was that. And then, I don't think we've ever actually spoken about my London book, which I'm always intrigued by. No, Three people are sitting here now, yeah. none of us from London originally, but we all have had London figure in our lives mm. heavily. The, the walk in the lines. Yeah. That's well, where we met, at BBC London. Yeah, no, I, 
Was that what we talked about? Yeah. Was it... Yeah, that was that. I'm sure of it. I was, I was filling in for... They used, they used to get me to fill in for Robert Elms on BBC London. All right, it's no, notes and queries. And I'm sure that was the book. Here, tell us about this book. See what? Yeah, London, London Underground, love it. Um, I'm sure that was it. I'm, I'm sure that was it. Sure. Just, oh, God, this is my memory now. Is just Go on, what do you I'm think it was? I'm fairly sure that when I did the, that programme for that book, that was with Robert himself. Incorrect. And then I think that... Yes, no, it was, uh, we did it, the bus book, and then I was telling you about the London book afterwards, oh, and you said, he's good. will you send me a copy? So I sent him a copy of that. He's good. And then you can't he's out-fact the fact man. I want to I fact him up, <laughs> but I just can't. You're absolutely right. Okay, but it's 1-0 one, one to you. Come on to my <laughs> turf, and you've won 1-0. Uh, okay, so that was a book about the London Underground... And you walked... The whole tube system the overground. Tube, um, overground. Yeah. It's a great book. Full of such crucial facts as um, St John's Wood being the only tube station whose name shares no letters. It's always letters and colouring. Yeah. St John's Wood is the only one whose name shares <laughs> no letters with the word mackerel. Oh. Uh, which I did at a talk a few years ago, and someone there said, at the questions at the end, she put her hand up. She said, I loved the mackerel one. She said, do you know the one about Pimlico? I said, no. She said, Pimlico is the only London underground station to share no letters with the word badger. And there's just something about the word badger. It always works in talks. I saw a badger do. running across the road last night. Did I live they? in the countryside now. Badger run across the road. And last big, aren't they? Friday, uh, literally two feet in front of my car, as I'm turning into my street, dark uh, country lane, an owl flew in front of my car. It was incredible. Um, Jimmy, I don't think quite... So you're here to talk about your new book, Mark. <laughs> the, the Book of Seconds, right? But I don't think Jimmy, who's tweeted us, okay. quite understands why you're here. OK, go on. He says, sorry, it's football, Ian, but can you ask him who was the last non-league football team to reach the FA Cup final? This isn't, this isn't challenge, Mark, on football facts, but... Um, so it's going to be back in the 19th century, but... Is it? Yeah. Uh, the last team from outside England to win it was Cardiff City in 1923. OK. Um, has he given you the answer? No, he's not. Um, can, he, can he tweet us again with the answer? Then? You need to tweet us the answer, please, uh, Jimmy. We, we, need to, we need to know what the hell is going on there. Actually, to, to, said he... Read, I promise you I'm not trying to get it around to the book, but I've just remembered that the second... Because the book is the book of seconds. Yeah. The second FA Cup final is in there. And it's uh, one of the players in that uh, second FA Cup final uh, was famous as the the wizard of not the wizard of dribble that was someone else he was famous as, <laughs> as the, no 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 the, Stanley Matthews was known as the wizard of dribble because he could always are known as the wizard you'll of know dribble. you'll know this being a massive football fan yeah. um, he was the prince of dribblers or something like that and back in those days the team that had scored kicked off well, they've changed it now but if you scored a goal okay. you then kicked off you to restart the game when they put the ball on the centre circle you kicked off so he once managed to score a hat trick without the opposition wow. even touching the ball. Because he scored one goal, he kicks off again, yeah. dribbles it round all the players, scores another goal, and did the same thing again. So he scored a hat trick without anyone else touching. I've the ball. told you my way to make football exciting, haven't I? Go on, double football, or, or two football. Two, well, no, no, no. It's even better than that. Or if, if we're going to sell it to America, we'll call it Super Soccer. So you have a square football pitch with goals on each side. You've got four goals. Mm. And you have four teams playing. Oh, OK. And you're allowed to score in any of the three other goals, OK? That's great. So you've got four teams playing, so it's kind of mayhem. And then, and I, uh, randomly, for, like, three-minute intervals throughout the game, the referee is allowed to put in a second football whenever he feels like this it. This is like Quidditch, basically. It, yeah, but isn't that be great? Double football. And I would watch that. I'd love that. The mayhem. Well, well, you know, for real, when the Americans had the World Cup in 1994, they genuinely were trying to get FIFA to allow the games to be played in quarters rather than halves. For the advertising. To allow more advertising, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, Well, 
The book is the book of seconds. Mark Mason. I'll t- I've tweeted the link already. I'll tweet it again in oh, a bit. Bless you, so this is... There's always books of firsts. First man who ran the four-minute mile. First man on the moon. First this, first that. These are all the people that came second and have perhaps been overlooked by history. The people you've never heard of. And we had the idea, my editor and I had the idea, we were sitting there chatting one day, and uh, one of us mentioned Roger Bannister. And, And I said... Well, he was the second guy to run a four-minute mile. Wow. And, it's, and, of course, you've, none of us have ever no. heard of him. Unless you're listening in Australia, when he became quite successful as an Australian politician. And somebody corrected me very rightly on yeah. Twitter the other day. Yeah. But most of us have never heard of John Landy. And it's really unfair, because with a lot of these seconds, it's complete... It's not complete luck, but a lot of it is luck as to which one gets there first. Yeah. He and Roger Bannister are both fantastic athletes, both really knocking up against the four-minute mark. One of them is going to break it sooner or later. Happens to be Bannister... He did 359.6. Three weeks later, John Landy does 357 point something. So he takes two seconds off it. That world record stood for three years. Bannister stood for three weeks. John Landy stood for three years. A couple of years later, at a race in Australia, he was running a 1500 metres race. One One of his rivals fell over. Landy doubled back to check that this guy was okay. Then started running the race again, caught up the leaders and won the gold medal. Did he break the world record? Oh, you're just setting the bar. Well, then I'm not interested. <laughs> I was Roger Bannister's 359.6. Yeah. Anyone else suspicious about that? Because that was in the olden days. So they did, <laughs> I, Honestly, because I, I heard a thing about Bannister a oh, few months ago. Oh, hand stopwatch and all that. The yeah, hand and, stopwatch. No, I think they had... They, they used to have more than one person 359.6? Yeah. That's very precise. The one that people were suspicious about was the second guy... Or the first guy to swim the channel. Mm. And he always crops up, quiz questions and all that. He's quite well known. Captain Matthew Webb, 1875. Mm. Second guy, Bill Burgess from Rotherham. Yeah. Swims the channel. It takes 36 years and 80 attempts he before someone tired. manages to do it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, cheap joke. <laughs> takes 36 years, 80 attempts before someone manages it again. Yeah. When Bill Burgess finally manages it in 1911, and I'll tell you a couple of things about it in a minute, but just to tie it into what I'm saying. Yeah. Captain Matthew Webb's widow, because he died in the meantime, his widow said, I'm so glad someone's done it for a second time, because all these years, 36 years, a lot of people were really suspicious. Said, that you cannot swim the channel. Yeah. Matthew Webb must have cheated. And she said, I'm really glad someone's done it again. So that was a case of a second wow. coming along and helping the first. But Bill Burgess from Rotherham, yeah. as he swam across the channel, it took 18 hours or whatever it was, 20 drops of champagne per hour he drank. And per, per hour? Per hour. And, quote, not a drop more. <laughs> He And I love the thought of the bloke in the boat with the pipette measuring out 20 drops of champagne. That's what Bill Burgess drank. He wore goggles. Matthew Webb hadn't worn goggles. Bill yeah. Burgess decides he needs to wear goggles. He wears motorcycle goggles, which oh. start to leak and yeah. let the salt water in. And um, he was just, you know, that sort of story, those little details, it's almost Michael Palin ripping yards. Covered in the If he'd been the first guy, we'd know all about this, but he was the second, you never heard goose of Goose fat? Covered in goose fat? He did try and rub something in, but it... There's a story. Yes, there is something in the book, which I've now annoyingly forgotten, but okay. I'll look it up for you. Well, I've not read he it did. yet. He did. Neither have I. No. I'm, he, um, I'm finishing my Carly Simon book, and, oh, then, uh, yeah, and then I'm, then I'm going yeah. to... I'll lend it to you. Can't at lend some it to point, me. I'm going to try and do two things at once, and we'll carry on rabbiting. Well, I'll I'll look, there is something about how he tried to rub it in, but he, he, there was something to do with it. It was, a, it was We're going to take... This is what's going to happen. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to get that story. Jimmy's going to have tweeted me the answer to that question. And we're going to speak to Alan Caddick. This is, this is unprecedented. Uh, 0344 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 
0344 499 It looks like Dictionary Corner over there with you two in a huddle. <laughs> um, right, so, let's have the computer up, please. So, the um, question that Jamie set us was, uh, who was the last non-league football team to reach the FA Cup final? Well, Jamie seems to have disappeared. Because he's not given us the answer, but do we, we know... It's like boys who throw a stone at a window and got run it. away. Have okay. you got it? He's who just is got it? in touch with me. Oh, okay. It was Southampton in 1901-02 season when they were members of the Southern League. Was they? Well, well, well. They was. They well, was. That was, that that was, was fun. fun. Now, now before, so the second thing on the list was you were going to tell us about... The... About him smearing himself in lard. Here we go. Bill Burgess, second man to swim the channel. And actually, our first caller probably covered himself in lard at some point, so this, this is, ties in very nicely. His six-foot, 15-stone body was smeared with lard, but, quotes, Owing to the hot sun, I was unable to put on more than one pound instead of the usual three or four pounds. <laughs> he would have cooked. <laughs> he would have cooked. <laughs> um, put your headphones on, uh, uh, Mark, and follow the lead around if you want to adjust the volume, because we've got Alan Caddick has, uh, has called in. Good evening, Alan. Hi, Mark. Hello, Alan. You're very excitable tonight. Well, it's Thursday night, nearly the weekend. It's very blowy in Birmingham. <laughs> Ooh, all good things. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to say, Alan? Well, I'm more with what we talked about last night with the wrestling. Uh, well, okay, we were talking about American wrestling. Uh, I, got, I was bemoaning the fact that I wasn't, wasn't into American wrestling when I was a kid. And at the weekend, I, I bought a WWE 2016 video game for my kids because it was a couple of quid. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So, so go on then, Alan. What would you like to add I to was, the conversation? I, I want to say. I was watching WOS wrestling on the weekend. Oh, that's that's the world of sport wrestling. That's the British wrestling, is it? That Not they've brought because back. John Hancock's a new generation. Okay. The uh, so Just say that again, but try in English. It's the new generation. The new generation. So it's, it, so it's world of sport wrestling, the next gen. Yeah. So it's like Big Daddy Junior, um, uh, yep. Sheena Haystacks. You got British Bulldog Junior. <laughs> they, I've actually put the word Junior well, at the have, end. Yes. Is, Who, uh, who's the equivalent of Dickie Davis? That's what I want to know. No, we got. Who's no, the presenter? You mean Ken Walton, the commentator? No, no, yeah, well, Ken Walton, of course. Oh, these names from our childhood. No. Not the commentator, Dickie Davis. Who's presenting it? We've got three commentators. Yeah, not again. Not the. I'm going to. Let me step in, Mark, because I think he, he understands me better. <laughs> uh, not the commentators. Who is presenting it? There's no presenter. There's wow. three commentators. How modern? Oh, okay. How modern? Okay. And and is there is there a Kendo Nagasaki equivalent? Who's there's, there's this guy called Crater. Crater. Does he play the drums as well as Kendo? No. That was Kendo's um, thing. I remember. It, 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 uh, Did he play the drums? He was a drum. Not not. Not as part of his wrestling necessarily, but he was a really good drummer. I bet you can remember Big Daddy's real name. Shirley Crabtree, come oh, on, Mark, please. Oh, this is the basics. Please, what are you talking about? What was Giant uh, Haystack's real name? Uh, I'll answer guess. that in a second. <laughs> just talking to, talk to my caller, please. Bit of I'm not to be a guest. Go, oh, a question. It's not, by the way, I mean, Mark right, writes these books, and they're full of trivia and facts, but it's, he's not like um, the memory... What's the name of the memory guy? Dominic somebody. Oh, the moustache... Remember? Do you remember the memory guy? You no, I mix it up with the guy in the 39 steps. No, not not <clears> as um, Orson Welles. It was a guy that could you could show him a deck of cards and he would remember the deck of cards. Oh, OK, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, 
So he, 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 you can ask him, but he, you know, he, pro- he might not know. How heavy oh. was John Haystacks? Oh, well, we can have a guess. I'm going to, I'm going to go twenty stones. He must oh no, 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 more than twenty stones. Really? I, I, on a bad day, I'm, I'm pushing sixteen. <laughs> he wasn't four stone heavier than me. Okay, I am going to go. Are we doing it in stones, Alan? In stones. All right. You're saying you're saying twenty, Mark? Is that well, now that you said that, you're right, absolutely right. I'm going to go thirty. Now that you said no, twenty-five. I'm going thirty. He'd be dead. I'm going to go. I'm going to go twenty-seven stone, Catherine. Uh, I reckon. 23. Okay. Well, what's the answer, Alan? 40 stones. Get stuffed. <gasps> that, is, that is not true. Yeah. Can you tell me your sources, please? Uh, when, when he wrestled Big Danny yeah. in 1981, he weighed in at 40 stones. Didn't, um, by the way, when I said, can you tell me your sources, you should have said Big Daddy sauce. <laughs> Big Daddy killed a man, didn't he, in the ring? He, he daddy splatted someone. Daddy splat. Um, and it, it killed... It, it, That's a very specialist term, Ian. <laughs> the daddy splat was where he would, he would just, he would jump on someone. Easy, easy. But d- I think he killed someone. I'm pretty sure of that. That's been written out of the history book. Alan, thanks for your call. Thank you. There we go. Um, we will talk about your book in a minute, but... I was going to say, I wish there was a second wrestler in it that I could drag it back to the book with, but tragically there isn't. Malcolm um, Kirk. Malcolm Kirk. Who? Giant Haystack. Is he the one that got squished? Okay. He died, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. I like the way Mark always sounds surprised when I get something <laughs> right. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Um, right, we've got some questions for you. Um, do you... Well, do you know who shot JFK? Uh, well, that's, is he a conspiracy theorist? Is that what we're It's a woman. Oh, Sally. Okay. I know who the two famous British authors who died on the same day that JFK was shot. Go, go on. C.S. Lewis... And Aldous Huxley. Not that Aldous Huxley was British, but the two famous authors. Wow. Aldous Huxley, C.S. Lewis, both of them, if they died on any other day, would have been guaranteed yeah. pages and pages and pages of yeah. coverage. They chose the 22nd of November 1963 to die. The same day as JFK. That's the same thing happened with Michael Jackson and Farrah Fawcett Majors. Of course, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's Michael good. Jackson would have been 60 the other day, by the way. Yep. Where do we stand with Jackson? You can't listen to Jackson anymore, can no, you? No, I'm out. Yeah. It's, um... Thriller's a great album. It's great, and it was the first album I ever bought, but I just can't. Oh, it comes on the radio the now, I have to switch it off. It is, of course, the best-selling album ever. Do you know what the second best-selling album ever <laughs> All right, no, this, this actually is... is in the book, but I'd be really intrigued. Knowing that Ian hasn't read the book, and knowing that he likes his music, and knowing you like your music, mm-hmm. I'd be intrigued. To st- do you know the right, answer? It's, it's, one of, I've got, it's one of two. Go on. It's either Rumours by Fleetwood Mac, or it's The Eagles' Greatest Hits. Is it Sgt Pepper? No. Um, I don't know then. It's a Brit- It's an Australian rock band with sort of British members. Oh. Well, the only the only two Australian bands I can think of are In Excess and the Easy Beats, and it ain't neither of them. No. It's not. It wasn't the. the and it depends. Before anyone, if anyone wants to tweet about this, this obviously record companies claim lots of different things, yeah. and you'll see different versions, but. Most of the authoritative lists say that Thriller has sold about 65 million copies. Yeah. This album has sold about 50 million. It's not million the album copies. that had the marriage theme for Jason and Kylie, was it? St- Angry Anderson. Angry Anderson. It's not Angry Anderson's <laughs> album, is it? No. no? Funnily enough, no. It's What's not. the answer, Mason? It's Back in Black by ACDC. Oh, okay. Crikey. There we go. And the bell at the beginning of it that opens Hell's Bells. Yeah. They wanted to record. The bell, and I love the fact that it's Loughborough. Yeah. That oh, wow. It. Loughborough's War Memorial Tower has yeah. a bell called the Denison Bell for some reason. Yeah. They wanted to record that bell, so they sent out the mobile recording unit. Uh-huh. By definition, 
you're only going to record that bell when it goes off. Yeah. Every time it went off, the pigeons that were nesting on the tower fluttered away, so thereby the ruining the recording. Yeah. So they were a rock band in 1980. What did they do? They had their own bell made. Wow. I thought you were going to say they fired a gun before the bell went off to scare the pigeons. Oh, oh, it would have been see? easier, wouldn't it? You see? Flipping idiots. If Ian had been in charge of ACDC's mobile recording unit in I would That would never happen because um, the, the, the Brian Johnson, Johnston, mm. the singer. Johnson. Yes. I, I, no, I, I know your history with I, Brian Johnson. We didn't Let's get not on. go there. By the way, if anyone's tweeting that it's 19... I know the album was 1980. I deliberately said 1979 because that's the year before. That's when they were recording okay. it. Uh, well, um, please, Billy says, please ask uh, Mark... Which football league club in the 1980s? <laughs> Shit, this has got absolutely nothing to do with this book at all, which we will get to. Which football league club in the 1980s shared the same kit sponsor, Zanussi, as Re- Real Madrid? Oh, Again, I don't, that's I don't a have the answer. Great question. Just because Mark knows some facts doesn't mean he knows all facts. That's beautiful. I'm going to stall for time by okay. saying that what, Billy, does, what does the Real in Real Madrid mean? You, you, well, we're talking to. The woman who's lived in Zaragoza, so that she'll know that Real Zaragoza has the same meaning. Yeah. What does it mean? Royal. Okay. Um, and same as real tennis. Everyone thinks that real tennis is the proper, proper version tennis. of tennis that existed before lawn royal. tennis. No, it means royal. Um, wasn't uh, Penguinland says wasn't Bannister's mile race specially arranged before Landy's as they knew Landy was going to break the record? I don't know. I haven't. I didn't find that in the research. If he's got anything on that, I'd love to hear. Okay. Yes. Let's, please, let's, let's, let's go you, on. You've, let's... Earned, you've, earned your, you've earned your advert now. You've, you've <laughs> got with 30 minutes of absolute guff. <laughs> um, so the book, Mark Mason, The Book of Seconds. In the next break, I'm going to tweet the hell out of this. Um, I love your books because I remember when we got Mark on yes. to talk about... Which book was it he got to, when we were at Three Counties that we got him wasn't to... It the, wasn't it the, the postcode one? Might have been because he sold it to me, and he was like, "Is this guy no. who writes facts about postcodes?" Oh, okay. Cat's kind of face was, "Are you sure you want to get this guy?" I said, "No, no, no. I've spoken to him before." There was once on Three Counties when it wasn't about the book; it was about this was weird. one of my. I'd written a piece yep. in a, a magazine or whatever about something you were talking about, and you happened to see it. Yes, so you got me on, and Ian didn't know when you put me through. He said, "Mark, and now talking about this is Mark," and you went. Is this the Mark Mason? <laughs> 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 yes, I do remember. That was funny. But your, fa- your face, don't, stop trying to deflect. When I said we want to get a guy on to talk about a book about postcodes, like, oh, man, OK, this is your. This I is did yours. my mank face, so it yeah. drives him nuts. And then it was, it was good, you see, wasn't it? This, this is the thing. The, the, the books are really funny and interesting. There's often a personal journey in the books. Is there one in... There this? isn't, actually. This is an exception. Okay. Normally they had to travel books, yes, like we said, the... the the tube book is me walking the whole tube system overground. The London, the the bus book was Lands Entity on a Great by Local Bus. The one I was on last year talking about Question Time, the last book, that was me going around the country going to different quizzes. Yeah. This one, I've sat on my backside and done the lot from home. Oh, because good for you. Well, you deserve because, that. Well, frankly, I'm th- th- one of the entries is for Saturn being the second biggest planet <laughs> in the solar system. And all due respect <laughs> to my readers, I'm not going to go to Saturn today. But I did, I did love the fact that I found out that Saturn... Yeah. Nowhere near as big as Jupiter. Jupiter is so much bigger than all the other planets. If you put all I'm the planets, the links to your book while we're talking. If Go you on. put all the pl- other, other planets together, yeah, they're still something like only about half the size of Jupiter. That's that's how much bigger Jupiter is. Second wow. is Saturn, but I love Saturn because it's the only planet that's less dense than water. So if you could find a bath big enough, Saturn would float in it. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Second biggest planet in the solar system, and also K two. Second tallest mountain. I wasn't going to go and climb K2 for the book. But 
I loved finding out the reason it's called K2. Yeah. Why is it is called K2? Is that that range of mountains yes. is called the Karakoram range yeah. in the Himalayas. And the British, when they were mapping out that, doing a survey of that area in the 19th century, they called the two tallest peaks in that range yeah. K1 and K2. K1 actually has a local name. It's been known for centuries as Mashabrum, for whatever reason. Mashabrum. Mashabrum, that's the local name. Yeah. K2 is so remote, you can't see it from the nearest village. So it's never had a local name. So that's the reason it's still known as K2. Wow. Just, if you're following me on Twitter, you're just about to get hit with the links to um, get Mark's book. Oh, I've ballsed it up. There's something... Because I've, I've got very numb fingers in my left hand. Um, there we go. And because so this finger and half of this finger, it's a nerve. So these are numb, and it means that when I type, I sometimes miss. I don't. I don't oh. hit the keys properly, and it's just an absolute nightmare. So I'm, you're going to get hit with the correct tweet this time, guys. So you will, of course, know that stewardesses is the longest word on a keyboard that you can type only with your left hand. Yeah, I knew oh. that. I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. Of course, I did. Actually, a lot of those things aren't true. They always say that, that typewriter, apparently, is the, only, is the longest word you can type on the top row, which I'm sure it isn't. And I've, I think I've seen that disproved. What, what? I do like the fact that there's only one US state whose name is spelt completely on one row of a QWERTY keyboard. It's, I mean, it's just let's, relentless, isn't it? Let's, it's relentless. Let's let the listeners see if any first one in to tweet gets give us a, that. Give us that again. There's only one of the 50 US states yeah. whose name contains letters, all of which are on the same row of a QWERTY keyboard. And I love the fact that you and Catherine are now looking at your <laughs> keyboards. <laughs> Utah. Trying to work it out. Utah. Utah no, what's... No, no because... My, my listeners won't know this. They, they want to know who... Have a bit there. of faith, Ian. No, not in those, Luke. They listen to this rubbish. <laughs> they could be listening to LBC right now in a proper um, discussion. <laughs> OK, what was... What, what was the thing that when you, you were researching this that you kind of blew your mind oh, the most? Well, I'm, I'm sure there's loads of things. There, 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 are, there are loads of things. Um, I'm going to... We just said off air that we were congratulating ourselves that we'd got 20 minutes through the programme with neither of us mentioning the Beatles. Yeah. I'm now going to mention the Beatles. I've just opened because, up on the page about the Beatles. There which, oh, because there is some stuff on, like, the second Beatles album. And there's a very complicated explanation. Is that the second Beatles album? I've got Max Martin here. Oh, no. Second yeah, well, highest number of Billboard Hot 100 yes, chart-topping singles. After Lennon and McCartney, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, the Beatles thing. also crop up in an entry that I did on the second sentences, because it's, it's really famous. It crops up in quizzes all the time. Yeah. Um, it was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. It's famously the first sentence of 1984 yes. by George yeah. Orwell. So I thought, what's the second sentence? Oh. So I looked it up. And it's about Winston Smith um, walking into Victory Mansions, yeah. which is his block of flats where he lives. Victory Mansions was based on the f- block of flats that George Orwell used to live in, in St John's Wood, called Langford Court. If it weren't for the trees on the right-hand side of the Abbey Road cover, you'd yeah. be able to see Langford Court. There you go. Langford Court is where the flat, block of flats where George Orwell lived in when he was working in the BBC, living in London, is on the cover of Abbey Road. I mean, technically it's on the cover because it's hidden, it's behind, hidden some behind some trees. But if it weren't for those trees, you'd be able to <clears> see it. Fantastic. Isn't it? Isn't it? The thing is... Also, the thing is, there's nothing to say to that. You just, <laughs> but there isn't. No, you That's just, why I make great radio. I kill it, stoned <laughs> it. No, you don't at all. But you can't, I just kind of have to absorb it and go. It's beautiful. Wow. And I, it's, it's those weird things of, of sort of two things coming together yeah. that you wouldn't put together. That's the basis of comedy. Yeah. That's the basis of, you know, any sort of. A lot of comedy is based on completely incongruous things coming together. Mm. And that's why puns are so delightful, is they put two yeah. completely. 
or they can be, they put two completely incongruous things together. And it's things like this, you know, people that come into the story, and also the really, really silly little details in really serious stories. One of my favourite ones was a guy called Peter Norman, who was the guy who came second oh, in the final... Just open it on a great page, of sorry. The two, oh, you can do that in a second, I'll yeah. do this. <laughs> came second in the final of the 200 metres at the 1968 Mexico Olympics. Yeah. And he was a white Australian runner, and the reason you've never heard of him is not just that he came second, but the gold medal was won by uh, a guy called Tommy Smith. Mm. The bronze medal was won by a guy called John Carlos. They were the two black American runners who did the black power salute yeah. on the podium. Yeah. Peter Norman, white guy who came second. You can understand why he doesn't sort of fit with the narrative. He's, yeah. you know, they were the ones that did the salute for a start. He, he stood there. He didn't do the power salute, but he put on a little badge, a black power badge that someone wow. had given him. And he said, I really want to help. The, as they were walking out for the presentation ceremony, he said, I really want to help you guys. And this is the, the beautiful little silly bit in the really serious story. Yeah. They meant to... Do, the black parasol is you raise your right hand. Yeah. They had a black pair of gloves each, so they could each put on the, the, the right-hand glove, right. black glove, give the parasol. John Carlos forgot his pair of gloves. Oh, no. <laughs> on the way out, they realise they've only got one pair of gloves between them. It was Peter Norman who suggested, he said, well, why don't you just wear one glove each? Yeah. So if you look at it closely, you'll see that John Carlos is actually lifting his left hand, oh, not his right that. hand. It's one of those famous photos. And I read that, I thought, that can't be true. I looked at the photo, absolutely true. You see it with go on that Google image. Yeah. That's why the reason he's holding the left one. Isn't that funny? The page I just opened it at, Close Encounters of the Second Kind. Oh. I mean, come on. So what is that? That's... Because is, is, isn't Close Encounters of the Third Kind Aliens. mistitled? Is, is that actually a third kind? Well, no, it's based on a real non-fiction uh, non book in the early 70s. This American guy, I forget his name now, you can probably see it. Is it Whitley Stryber? It's, no. No, because he's the guy... He's, there's a film based on Whitley Stryber. He was the guy that was abducted by, that was abducted by aliens. And um, Communion, I think his, book was, his film was called. Oh, OK. Right. No, this is 1972. J. Allen Hynek. Yeah. H-Y-N-E-K. Was an American astrophysicist. And he was... I think he was quite sceptical himself about UFO sightings. But he decided he wanted to bring some academic rigour to it. Yes. Sorry. Just to investigate it properly. And he came up with three classifications for encounters with UFOs. The book was called The UFO Experience, A Scientific Inquiry. He suggested that close encounters, three different groups. The first would be sightings less than 500 feet away. The second would be events involving a physical effect... Impressions in the ground, a chemical trace, interference in the functioning of some equipment or whatever. Yeah. The third kind would be encounters in which an alien creature was actually present. Right, OK. And Spielberg read that and he thought, that's the thing to make the film about, is the third kind, yeah. where they actually do. And Hynek himself is in the film at the end. When the, oh. when the, the craft are flying around, he's one of the people looking up at them. Oh. Mackenzie Crook's fa favourite film? Some film, I didn't see it until a few years ago. Some movie, even now, it stands up. Everyone's shouting Alaska at yes. us. Uh, and it's absolutely correct. Katie is saying, and Katie is correct to say this, but it's not the answer to the question, you can make Oklahoma on a QWERTY keyboard. You can do all of the states on a QWERTY yeah, think, keyboard. Yes. You can do all of them, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But thank you for letting us know you can... We, we now know you can definitely do Oklahoma. Also, there's a Nusi question. Yeah. Gillingham. Sorry? Oh, Gillingham FC. Well, the thing. The, the sports questions are the, the dull. They're dull. It's dull, dull people. No disrespect. <laughs> Respond to them. Um, <laughs> oath, we've got another uh, 15, 20 minutes with Mark. Mark Mason, whose book is The Book of Seconds, 03 44 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. 
the radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Um, after 11, we're going to talk to Snarl about the Croydon cat killer. Yeah, I mean, the Met reckon it was a fox all along. I don't believe it's a cover-up. Snarl don't believe that. It's a cover-up. It's a cover-up. There's definitely a pervert going around killing cats. Well, I heard uh, one of the victim's owners on the news earlier on saying, well, unless a fox has got a mallet and a yeah. knife, then it's not a fox. I'm not buying that at all. I don't, I don't, I don't trust, as you know, I don't trust Popo. Um, so, do you reckon the police have looked and gone it's a bit hard this I just it, say it's foxes no, I shall tell you what I think seriously I think it's a copper that's doing it <laughs> they know that one of their own is decapitating cats and it's a cover up it's a cover up Mark you should be writing ITV dramas thank you I should be writing ITV news <laughs> <laughs> Mark Mason is here well, what are you on Twitter you're a funny you're a funny old uh... at walk the lines LDM okay Cause, cause the... actually I've been you thinking can, of you changing you can change it you, you can, can change it should I be I don't know I should change well, well let's you... not do the business stuff on air but well, I've been thinking change it to your name or change it to the new well, book well, 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 then you have to change it every time you bought a new book out actually, yeah which would be okay can, you can yeah of course you what's your problem bit lazy you can, you can type Oklahoma on a keyboard, you can change your name. Apparently you can type the names of all 50 US states on a the, keyboard. I've I just tried it. it out. I definitely can do Kansas. Um, what, all of it? The book? Oh, that's a, t- that's a terrible... And yet typical. Well, yeah. And deserved, actually. Well deserved. Well. The book of seconds, the incredible stories of the ones that didn't quite win... Um, OK, and on the... Ah, you very handily, there's pictures on the cover. Very handily, we've got the second female MP to take her seat in the House of Commons... The second million pound transfer, the second postage stamp issued, the second metro system in the world. Where that was, was my favourite one, actually. Uh, within the last couple of hours, I was having a drink with my editor and my agent, and I deliberately asked the, the guy, because you never get, to, as an author, you never get to meet the people who do the covers. Right. And I made a point of he's, this guy. Do you not have any say Steve, in the covers? Oh, yeah, I have a say. Oh, and okay. it's always, but it's always my editor that emails it to me. Right. What do you think right. of this? And I go, oh, I like it. And, uh, and you sort of knock it about between yourselves. But I never actually got to meet the guy who does the covers. And he's done brilliant covers for my last three books, which have been with this publisher. So I said, can I meet him? And so Steve came along. And we had a really nice chat. And I said, I promise you, Steve, he's a middle-aged guy like us. So he, he, he understood what I was saying, that this is a nerdy thing. But he yeah. understood what I was saying. I love the fact that you're the man that found a copy, uh, the picture of a ticket from the Budapest Metro. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. It's there it on is. The, bu- the book um, next someone- to the... Davy says, "Hi." Now, Davy is either visually impaired or lazy. We don't know, and I don't want to make any judgments. Or has he got numb fingers? Hi, guys. Will there be an audio book ah. of the Book of Seconds? Ah, well, there's been there have been yeah a couple of audio books of uh, my book. So who knows? Which, do you know the name of the company that does audio books for or some of them? It's not the same people that do porn for the blind, is it? Which it's, is a real thing. Oh, let's not. No, we've, oh, we've, we've, we've been, been there. there. We've been there. Yeah, been there. No, <laughs> no, go on. Who does it? It's a company called ISIS. Uh, see the good and, and good and bad of. I know it's it's lovely them. that my books have been done by ISIS. Wow. Anyway, um, you asked me a question there, and I forgot what it is. I now. Don't know. Can you second, remember what it is? I remember what it was. It was second uh, record on uh, radio. Ah, yes, second re- record on Radio One. And of course, Catherine, knowing her trivia, instantly said that the first record on Radio One was "Flowers in the Rain" by the Move. Yeah. And you know the story about how they, the Move never actually made any money from that. No. Because I they. Yeah. Well, the, the, the contrasting fortunes of because the, the, the answer to the second one is Massachusetts by the BB by the Bee Gees was the second record ever played on radio. Wow! One. And then a few it's again these bizarre things that if you put it in a novel, no one would believe it. A few weeks after that record came out, and was the second song ever played on Radio One, 
it got uh, yeah it got to number one in the UK yeah. and it was the Bee Gees' first number one in the UK. The day that it got to number one, Robin Gibb was involved in the Hither Green train crash, which is one of London's worst ever train crashes, yeah. in which 67 people were killed. Wow. Again, if you put that sort of detail in a film, songwriter gets his first, dreamed of having a number one single, gets yeah. it, involved in a massive train crash on the same day. Yeah. You just wouldn't believe it. All these things that... That's why I love writing non-fiction. I used to write novels. If something hap- happened like that and you found out about it, and a friend would say, put that in your next novel, you go, no, no one would believe it. But Remind me why The Move didn't make any money from oh, that song. I do know sorry, the story, I can't I remember was, it. It's because their manager decided on the cover of the single, yeah. which in those days, youngsters won't believe that you actually had to physically buy a copy of every yeah. song on a different item of technology, a vinyl thing. On the cover, he included various, there were various... Um, slightly libelous images, one of which involved Harold Wilson, right, the yeah. Prime Minister. Wilson sued. Uh. And virtually every penny that the band would have made from the single forever yeah. went, not to Wilson himself, he was doing it just to make a point, to a charity. Brilliant. So it still goes to, um, to charities, even now, when that song's played on the radio, oh, the charities that Wilson nominated still get the royalties Have from you it. ever done a radio show? Because I'm, th- I'm sitting <clears> here thinking... I'd, do you know what? I'd like to go home now and listen to this on the way home. <laughs> I would. I, I really, really would, because I find all of this fascinating. I've done the odd thing. I did, um, yeah, I've done some radio shows. And I love doing it because of, you never know where it's going to go. Yeah. That's the tangents. That's the thing we always talk about. Yeah. Is that conversations on air and off air that we always have. You just, within a few seconds, you've gone from, you know, a 1970s wrestling reference mm. to some pop reference. And you just keep going. And it's beautiful that you're, you're moving around. And it's all great stuff. But you're not sticking on anything for yeah. too long. You know? um, Roberto has called in, so if you put your headphones on, let's on, go Roberto. to Roberto. Good evening, Roberto. Hello, Ian. Hello, Mark. Hello, Roberto. And up yours, Catherine. Whatever. That's what he's saying. Oh, sorry, Kath. Didn't realise you were still in. Sorry. I am just being very quiet. <laughs> um, first, I want to say thank you so much for doing this interview. It's really perked me up on a Thursday night. I'm really enjoying it both sides. I'm glad um, you're so perky. <laughs> really um, insightful, so thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I've got a question, um, Mark, about how I can get your book. Um, I believe you can purchase it on the internet. Just wondering, oh. your book, this one and the other ones as well, are there, is there any way I can get the e-books that are available on a non-Amazon Kindle device? Because oh. my device doesn't like DRM. Oh, that's a very technical question. Do you know what? I had someone emailed me from America the other day, an American woman who was trying to get the e-book. And I'd always been telling people, yeah, the e-book's available. And as far as I know, it is. But she was saying on the American version of Amazon, she couldn't see right. it for some reason. Um, so maybe it's the same same problem. <laughs> I'd, I'll gladly email, drop me a line. Um, I'll gladly put you in touch with people at my publishers who know well, all about R- that sort Roberto, of thing. Roberto, what I'm, I'm happy to do is I'm happy to take a picture of each page <laughs> <laughs> and just send that over. Would that help? Of every book. Of, ev- <laughs> of every single book in the world, not just the ones that Mark has written. That sounds lovely. I look forward to it tomorrow. Thank you, mate. Ta-ta. Um, who do you think deserves more recognition than they get then? Obviously, quite a few of the people in here. But yeah, is there, I love is there, Who is the person that you think we should all know about the most, but we don't? I think Peter Norman is my favourite. The, the, the Australian the guy with the, the two black athletes. He's the one that, in terms yeah. of it, in terms of it, just the, the injustice yeah. of what happened. I mean, they themselves uh, rectified it. They, they always went around, the, John Carlos and Tommy Smith, for the rest of their lives, always said, don't forget about Peter Did Norman. They really when they were interviewed, they went, to, and he got a load of, because this is 50 years ago, remember? Yeah, yeah, Race yeah. relations all around the world are very different from the way they are now. In Australia, very, very white society, obviously they got, you know, the Aboriginal question Huge there. Racism, but in terms yeah. of, 
you know, two black American guys. He goes home and he's the white Australian guy that stood up with them. He got a load of flack for yeah. the rest of his life. He died about 10 years ago. They both flew over from America for his funeral. Did they really? They said, um, and they were always asked about him, they said he didn't raise the fist, but he sure helped a hand. You know, they, they stuck up for him. And so in terms of the slightly pious, pompous yeah. answer no, to that's your question, is that, is that, but in terms of the other ones, um, I don't know, I think, I like the ones of the people that you are just there's nothing really about them that's important, but it's incredible that they're not known. Second prime minister. You ask most people, even that aren't that interested in politics, a lot of people will know that Robert Walpole was the first prime minister. I wouldn't have known that. Kath, would you have known that? But he's now that I say the name, you'll have heard the name. I've heard the name, yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Second guy and this is when I knew this was nobody knew about this is that yeah. i mentioned it to my editor now my editor knows everything about everything right. he's just you know if you think i know a lot of facts go and we're speaking to the wrong guy i managed in fact i'm going to mention it on air just because i very rarely get the chance to boast that i knew about something that alan didn't but alan was at the drink tonight that we yeah. were having and he misquoted a statistic which i corrected <laughs> on, which which i'll do in a minute because it is one of my favorite stats and i'm sure a lot of people know it but and it's nothing to do with the second so i'll finish the second thing first the second prime minister when we f- first had the idea for the book, I'd gone away and done a bit of research. And then I said to Alan, OK, then, second prime minister. And he went and he opened his mouth as if he because he, he knew that he knew a lot about lots of prime ministers. And he opened his mouth. He went, God, you know, I don't know. Mm. And I thought, hang on, if Alan doesn't know it, then yeah. it's a guy called the Earl of Wilmington. Yeah, he was the second prime minister. Robert Walpole, as well as being the first prime minister, served for 20 years. Uh, Wilmington comes along. He's the second one. He did about 18 months before he died. Right. And. He didn't really achieve anything. He's not known for anything. But I love the fact that his stately home, his country house in the Midlands, Warwickshire, um, I forget what it's called, but it's the, it's the Wilmington's family home and has yeah. been for centuries, uh, not only appeared in Carry On Camping as a monastery, oh, man. it also was the inspiration, just to bring it back to video games, it was the inspiration for Croft Manor, which was Lara Croft's <laughs> childhood home in no. the Tomb Raider games. No. Um, but the fact that Alan got wrong... Have I, I, we might have done this before. I, I just live in this, this, this universe where once in a while I turn up in Ian Lee's radio studio and we have the same conversation about the Beatles. This isn't about the Beatles. This is about how many people you have to have gathered together in a room before it becomes more likely than not that two of them will share a birthday. It's not that many. It's not that many. And I, tried, I think I tried to explain this fact before and you weren't buying it. Isn't it something... It's like 13 or something. It's, uh, I know why you said 13. It's actually 23. 23. There you, you go. You think of... You, your instinct is to say, right, there are 366 possible dates, yeah. if you include a leap year, and so let's halve that. Let's say it's 183. Yeah. It? It's 23. And the instinctive way to explain it to people is, let's say I'm the first person in the room. You walk in. Yeah. The odds that you share my birthday are one in 366. There we go, yeah. Well, it's slightly less. Yeah. Of the, anyway, let's say one in 365. Catherine walks in next. Catherine is, has got a one in 365 chance of sharing my birthday as well. So you think that now we're up to two in 365. Yeah. That's the, the odds on one of you two sharing my birthday. But don't forget, so there is, if you like, around. the third side of the triangle. There's yeah. a chance that you could share each other's birthday. Yeah. So that's, let's say that's three sides of a triangle. Fourth person turns up. You've got the four sides of the square plus the two diagonals in terms of joining everyone else up with everyone else to increase, you know, that's the number of possibilities. My head is about to explode. But once the... you get to, imagine then, a yeah. 23-sided shape, yes. all of whose points are joined to all of all the other points yeah. with diagonals think of that as a visual image there are so many possible connections yeah. there 
But yes, and the way it was proved, just to tie it back to your favourite subject of football yet again, oh, a couple of World Cups ago, being a fan of the beautiful game, and you'll be more than familiar with the fact that the World Cup squad size, the yes. number of players a country is allowed to take to a World Cup, is 21. Three. Oh, 23. I've close. close. Thank you. And so somebody realised, hang on, the birthday paradox, as it's known, yeah. is that this is the number of people you have to have gathered together for two of them to share a birthday. Or the, the, to become more likely than not yeah. that two of them will share a birthday. It's 50, 50 point something percent probability. That's also the squad size for the World Cup. They went through the 32 squads in the World Cup, 32 countries, and they found that 16 of them had two players who oh, shared yeah. a birthday. That's so fantastic. it showed that... We've got a minute or so left. G, very quickly, what have you got? I just got really confused after triangles. OK, well, th- <laughs> thanks for your call. What, who was the second bass player for the Beach Boys? Oh, now you're on to your area of expertise. Yeah, I just wondered I'm, if you no. knew that one, Mason. Who's the second bass player no, for the Beach Boys? Who was it? Glenn Campbell. Oh, you got oh, one. Oh, that's beautiful. When Brian Wilson had a little breakdown and said, I can't do it no more, uh, they, they got Glenn Campbell in to, to fill in for six months on tour. Oh, and now was... we're going to get onto all the records that Rick Wakeman played on. I didn't know until the other day. Is morning, this tra- he played Broken. By um, Cat, Cat Stevens, Stevens, yeah. yeah. Um, apparently he's on um, There's No One Quite Like Grandma by the St Winifred School Choir, yeah. which I never knew. He's on the Lou Reed's... He's on Perfect Day, I think, isn't he? Is that he? That's him. Uh, is it? Uh, he's on... Um, you, carry you know on. the story about him being on the beginning of Get It On by T-Rex? Yeah. About Rick Wakeman paying him £8. If you listen to the beginning of, um, of, of Get It On by T-Rex, it's the guitar starts it. And then as the band come in, there's just this glissando on the piano. The piano goes, gee, from all the high notes down to the low notes. Mark Boland paid Rick Wakeman to turn up and do it. And the studio fee in those days was eight quid. And Rick Wakeman realised that it was just him going, and he said to Mark Boland, he said, you could have done that. A, a kid could have done that. Yeah. Why have you paid me to do it? Mark Bellin said, I knew you needed the money because you're hard up at the moment. I, could, I would have given you the eight quid, but yeah. you wouldn't have taken it, so he insisted on wow. giving him the gig. Too. It was Mick Ronson on Perfect Day. I had my doubts there, but still. Um, Mark, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank you, Ian, we, as ever. I love it. Mark Mason, The Book of Seconds, The Incredible Stories of the Ones That Didn't Quite Win. You can get it on Amazon, all the usuals. Where, you, what's your website? If people my website is theimportanceofbeingtrivial.com. And the Twitter is at Walk the Lines LDN. Yeah. And there's, um, loads, there's loads of other books as well. And well, honestly, if you're going to go on Amazon and buy this one, you can probably get the others for pennies these days. Oh. That's how it works. Go and buy the others. Cause they you'll, pay you to, to you'll, take it off their hands. It'll be, it'll be, you, you, you'll not regret it. I love these. Whenever Mark brings out a new one, it's always a pleasure. So nice to see you, man. Likewise, Ian. Thank Safe you for having me on. Home. Thank you me. very much indeed. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Is it a bent copper that's chopping off the heads of cats? We'll reveal all after the news. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The wild man of late night radio, Ian Lee. Differently interesting nocturnal emissions from a legend of late night radio. On air and off the leash. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. I love it when Mark comes in. I love it. His book, I've not read this one because we only got it the other day, and it, but... It will be a treat. His books are always great fun. The time always zips by, and as I'm seeing him out of the door, he always remembers about five more things he meant to say. <laughs> so I always promise to have him back, because it's an easy promise to make. As, as, he was, as, the, mic, as the microphone's went down, like, oh, shit, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot all of this. He's got notes in front of him. I like, you're right, he can come back whenever he wants. He's such a nice guy, and I love it. And here's, here's the thing with fact. Sometimes they lead conversations, but quite often you just go, 
Flipping oh. hell, I didn't know that. <laughs> and I'm happy. And I, I could. That's going to make a great podcast because I would sit and listen to a radio show of a guy who just knows lots and lots of things and delivers them in a really non-patronising, interesting way. Uh, Mark Mason, The Book of Seconds, it's going to be a great read. 0344-499-1000, The Late Night Alternative, weeknights from 10 with Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle. Listen on DAB, download the app or go to talkradio.co.uk. Now, a story that we did, gosh, maybe a year ago, um, the... Yes. The Croydon Cat Killer. Yes. And then it transpired that it was happening more frequently. And, all over the country. And all over the place. And we did a little update a couple of months ago. I think it was longer than a couple of months no, ago. No, while you were away, I oh, did one. Hang, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. Whoa. No. Yes. No, 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 yes. no, 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 no. What you've done there is you've stolen my... No, something else happened, so I felt it was my duty to report it. Wow. Also, you, you award chaser, you goal hanger. <laughs> also, um, Boudicca Rising is the best guest name I think we've ever name. had. And uh, She's from Snarl. Yes. And a um, th- 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 couple of weeks ago, a story popped up, I think it was in The Guardian, saying a lot of people are now saying that the... For basically, the, the, the Croydon cat killer, lo- lots of cats all across the country being beheaded, having their tails chopped off or their paws and... And, and it seemed of, like they are being presented yeah. to their owners. Um, and there was a story in The Guardian, I think, a couple of weeks ago, saying, well, it, some people are now saying it's a fox. And then today the police have come out and said, yeah, after three years, we're closing the inquiry, we think it's a fox. Um... I'm not convinced it's a fox. Um, and I don't know what Snarl think. We've got Boudicca rising on the line. Good evening, Boudicca. Good evening. Can you just remind us what Snarl is, who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm a case of South Norwood Animal Rescue and Liberty. Uh, we're a small rescue in South Norwood. Um, and the last three years we've been investigating this case. When did it, when did it first come to your attention? What, 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 was, what was the phone call it's or how almost, did you find out? Literally almost within days, three years ago. Wow. Um, we, we, we were, sorry, please excuse me, um, we've had the most atrocious day. Oh, I bet you have. I'm really tired, so oh. I'm not going to come across particularly well, but... Don't you worry, you're doing um, brilliant. Three years ago we were made aware of local mutilations in the Addiscombe area. Yeah. Because we rehomed cats in the area, we started digging... Because I had previous investigative experience, we started digging and we discovered that we had what we believed to be a serial killer. We went to the police. The police said, provide us with evidence. I said, you mean bodies? They went, yes. I went, well, what happens when we give you a body because you don't have a budget for animal crime? They went, oh, yeah. So I said, it's going to be down to us. And they went, yes, absolutely. It's going to be down to you. Because no but one cares about cats. That's, that's the thing. And I'm, I'm, and I'm saying this with my tongue in my cheek, because after two years of living in a flat, Boudicca, I finally moved into a house, and I've got my little girl back. And I've, my velvet, who's now 19 years old, I'm not... She's been... Oh, oh, she's so old, and she's so thin and frail, but she, she's back with me, and she is calling the shots. And, and this is why this story is so... Um, uh, uh, important to me because a lot of people, you know, if it was dogs, it would be all over the front pages because it's cats. Well, you know, but cats are incredible. They are wonderful. They are the best oh, friend and the best family member. And what has been happening has been horrendous. Um, and it was yeah. as brutal as we were saying. Cats being beheaded and and, and presented in many cases. <coughs> yes, um, I mean, there's a couple of things. We we were take, totally taken. Um, <sighs> We were totally taken by surprise by the police this morning. They gave us no time at all to reach owners, to do anything, um, and the less said about that, the better. However, so, so, but basically, for those say, who don't know, but just the, the, the police have said today, we think it's a fox, we're closing the case. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Wow. Go on, sorry, what were you going to say? What they they can't explain is the instance where we've had body return, we've had body part returns. So in in Dartford, we had um, two bones that were taken from a cat and stripped and returned two or three days later. It's on, it's on, the, docu- on the documentary, the vast documentary, yeah. um, that a fox cannot take two bones out of a cat so neatly that we didn't know about it until the post-mortem wow. and then return them into a garden. That's not a fox. We have collar returns five months later. That's not a fox. We have an incident in Watford where a, a, a lady... Hang on, sorry, collar... Into, what, the, 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 12 months later, the collar was, was sent... Five sent months that, later, the collar was returned in West Wickham. Yeah. That's that. Come on, man. That is messed up. Yeah, go on. Sorry, what was the next thing you were saying? Yeah, that is messed up. It's absolutely messed up. So in Watford, we have an incident where a lady's uh, rabbit was decapitated. The police didn't pay much attention because the rabbit wasn't in a secure hutch. We did because the, the injuries matched what we were seeing. And five months later, the, the rabbit's head appeared perfectly pristine as if it just happened in the middle of the garden. We've got an incident in, in um, St. Leonard's on Sea where a rabbit was uh, decapitated and the front paws removed. Um, the body was left from, basically on, on the, kind of the, the beginning part of the, that garden. Beautiful house, beautiful garden. And it had this lawn at the start. Yeah. The rabbit's liver was left on a raised um, stone next to the shed. The next night, the cat flap was kicked open and the rabbit's collar was placed where the liver was. That is not a fox. So what? what the, so how are the police dismissing that evidence then? Or do they? Or have they just not? They just don't talk I, about they, it. They, they, they could. They could not give us an answer. I, I wasn't at the meeting this morning. Tony went in. I had to go to work. Um, but they basically are. What they've what they've done is they've got a new forensic pathologist who's found bite marks. And who's found fox alive on some of the bodies? We know this. Foxes move bodies. If, if, uh, forgive me for this graphic detail, but if a, if a cat is left out overnight, yeah, of course the fox is going to move a body. Of course yeah. it's going to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. So of course you're going to have fox alive on that on that on, on that cat or on that rabbit or even on that fox. But what they can't explain is the behavioural aspects that we picked up. Um. So, 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 how did you find? Because am I right, Boudicca? There was an article in the Guardian, wasn't there, a couple of weeks ago, that was kind of hinting that that some people were suggesting it was it was a fox doing yeah, this. Yeah, now Stephen Harris is a is a discredited um, kind of what do you call it? Um, he's a he's a fox behaviourist, right? And actually, in the meeting this morning, the police um, said that they had not taken his findings into consideration because he could offer no evidence despite his assertions, and he had no he had no photos, he had no forensic evidence, right. and he had no statements. So the, they haven't taken that into account. What they have done is got a forensic pathologist to, to look at the, the bodies and go. So basically, we've got one forensic pathologist who originally said this is, this is human-related. We now have another one saying, because there's fox DNA on some of the bodies, it's, um, it's, it's fox-related. So um, we have, we, I mean, there's been a, an article in the Well and Garden City um, I think it's City Times today from an owner who's actually disclosed one of the signature injuries we've been keeping secret, and she was told by police not to release it because it was a signature injury. Uh, can, can we ask what the signature injury was? Yeah, it was a, it was a round a round um, flap of skin that was cut off, off the tummy. 
there are a range of signature injuries that are included in, were included in the case that we included that we looked for. Yeah. So we don't. I mean, we we, we have literally over the last three years we've seen thousands and thousands of bodies. Yeah. Oh man. That's well, I probably, I'm probably probably two thousand. I'd say. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm we so have discounted sorry. one thousand five hundred of those. We do keep count. Yeah. As being either either fox predation or archery related or another cause, another type of animal cruelty. We don't just come along with a cat and go, yeah, that's related. We're really strict about what we include yeah. and what we don't include. Yeah? Mm. And one of the signature injuries, and I'm, 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 I'm going to talk about it now because it's out there in the public. Yeah, go on, thank you. Is, is, is a particular, it's a square or circle cut out of the, out of the uh, victims. Cut out of, the, cut out of them? It, it's it's a flat skin. Basically, it just makes a a skin incision on some of the victims, and it's either a square or circle. So that sounds like if it is a human, like it's a nice little trophy that they're taking exactly. home with them. Exactly. It's not. A, you can't. A car can't replicate that. There's no way that foxes are taking the heads of cats in exactly the same way, exactly the same. T- it's exactly. There's there's something missing from. Each, but we've been able to. Sorry, I am tired. God, I'm rebelling. But. When we've got a body and we find a head, yeah. there is the same body part missing from each of those animals. Now, you cannot tell me that foxes take the same small trophy from each animal. It's a non-edible trophy. Um, you say you've had a lousy day, Boudicca. What, what has your day been like? And we will let you go to bed in a bit. And thank you so much it, for staying it, up late. What, what has your day been like? It's been absolutely appalling because the police didn't contact any of the victims. They basically released their press statement while Tony was still in the meeting, and I only heard about it because the son called me and said, oh, it's the matter, basically saying it's foxes. So we were completely blindsided, and I've been told I'm not allowed to criticise the Met, but actually I'm going to because I've had enough. You're allowed to criticise the Met, of course you are. Yeah. um, You know, in the early days, I I cannot underestimate the effort that the original team put in. Yeah. I, I cannot underestimate the, the really good working relationship we had with them. They were fantastic. Um, the new team have basically been working... Well, it, it just appears to me, and I'm just a member of the public, so just, you know, hands up, I'm a member of the public, but it appears to me they spend more time trying to disprove this than they have them trying to find the offender. And that, for me, is the biggest betrayal. Oh, man alive. So what happens now? What, what did, so the police are now wiped their hands with it. What, what, do, what do you, Boudicca and Snarl, um, what do you we, do? Um, there's too much for us. If we, if we honestly thought this was foxes, we'd go, you know what, guys, we've had a meeting with the police and it's foxes. I would like my life back. I would love my life back. I had a wonderful life before this all started. I would love to go back to that. But we can't. And we, you know, we've been told we're not allowed to criticise the police. We've been told that we need to be calm and sedated about this. But actually, I think we shouldn't be. I who's who's told you mistake. you can't criticise the police? Uh, don't go there. Um, we, <laughs> I think the Met have made a mistake. Yeah. I think that they have shut the investigation down prematurely. Um, we, you know, absolutely, we think their findings should be taken into consideration. But there are too many behavioural aspects around this. Foxes don't leave livers on raised stones no. behind sheds. They, they don't. And, you know, we've, we, it's not like we've got... If we had a set of incidents that were in a particular area, 
that didn't match the rest, and we could say, yeah, that's one offender and the rest is foxes, that would be fine. But when we've got the same injuries and the same animals across the swathe the southeast, mm. and we've got behavioural aspects on some of those, it's very hard not to say, well, if, if it walks like a duck, looks like a duck, and cracks like a duck, it's a duck. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it, we're going to continue. Um, we continue until, until we're told not to. Um, but no, being serious, we, we can't stop now. Um, we know that there's trolls out there who go all up for, I don't know, fame and fortune or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, there are families out there who are grieving. There are yeah. answers that, that are not being given. And foxes do not remove livers from animals. They don't replace collars 12 months later. And even if we've got it wrong on some of the cases, we certainly haven't got it wrong on some of the others. Boudicca, listen, um, I'm so thrilled I've got my little girl back, and I would be abs- I would be beyond devastated if something like that happened. Oh, no, you know, she is my no, little no, no. girl. Um, and so she's I'm really... 19 years old. How lovely. Oh, and she, I, I've got a feeling she's going to be around for quite a bit longer because she is in perfect Good. condition, my darling. My darling little baby. Um, uh, but but Boudicca, um listen, so I'm really grateful for the work that you're doing. Um, keep, keep on keeping on, and if we can help, if this show can help in any way, you've got cast details, you've got our details, get in touch, and, we, you know... Thank you. I really appreciate that. We, we appreciate the work that you're doing, Boudicca, so thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Go, on, go and get guys. some rest now. Go and get some rest. Good night, Boudicca. Boudicca rising. Go and say goodbye to Boudicca from, from Snarl. Honestly, oh, oh she's, just, she's gone, she's gone, it's fine. Honestly, you know, Kathy, because you've... Yeah, exactly, good for her. Uh, you, you know how much I'm, I, I've had my cat for 17 years. The last two years she's been living at home in Windsor because I couldn't have her in the flat I was in. And I'd get to see her, but she wasn't particularly happy because the dog was there and, you know, and the change in her now that she's moved into the house with me. That was the thing I was most excited about, getting that house. I've only known her for a few weeks and yeah. I can completely see the attraction. Oh, she's adorable. She's great. She, well, you call her Tina Turner. Well, it's just the way she walks. I think that's unfair. She's an old lady. But she she's, stomps around the house. She's got. A, she's <laughs> kind of got a back... Her legs are quite bandy. <laughs> She's got she's a got, bit of a swagger. She's got a very heavy footfall. She's so skinny, right? There's nothing of her. And it's... <laughs> you just get that. Yeah. Clumping around on the carpet upstairs. You could... Uh, the other night, I was going... I think someone come into the house. And then Velvet just come... <laughs> Where's my supper? Where's my supper? I love cats. Cats are so much more fun than dogs. It's like having a lodger. It's like someone that kind of comes in and watches a film with you, and then they just go off and do their own adventures, then they come back when it's tea time, and then they go off, then they come and sleep under the bed. Also, they don't stand on politeness. When they're fed up, you no. know about it. They've gone. Oh, and, and by the way, lodgers, my, when I had a lodger, he, he didn't sleep under the bed. That would have been um, weird. <laughs> Uh, okay, well that's it. We'll we'll continue the show now. The switchboard is absolutely empty, uh, so we're going to jump start the show in a second. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Give us a call. We will call you back. You can come on and talk about absolutely anything. But after this, I want to talk to you about Willie's. Oh, the late night alternative with Ian Lee on air and off the leash on Talk Radio. Just to let you know, we've got loads of live shows coming. We're in Brighton on Saturday. It's sold out. Okay? Me and Catherine. Um, we're in London on December the 9th at 6 o'clock till 8 o'clock. There's uh, 15 tickets left. There might be something else happening that day that's a little bit top secret, but some of you know about, and the others will know about it next week. Okay? If you if you know about it, you can tweet about it, but we're not going to reveal the full details of the other thing that we might be doing that day until next Wednesday, because the people that bought tickets early... Most of them, apparently not everyone, and that, I need to just double-check that, but most of them have got a little email saying, hey, by the way, 
We're doing this other thing, and uh, you might you might want to come on. It's very very silly. Uh, we're doing Bath, the Rondo Theatre in November. Yeah, it's so, a really cool place. Yeah, there's only about um, 25 tickets left for that. Um, and on December the 9th, at the um, 2 North Down... Which no, is, not December the 9th. D- sorry, October, October the 27th. 27th. I mean, nothing like. <laughs> oh, Saturday, October the 27th, at 2 North Down in King's Cross. It's a really cool little comedy club. We are doing the first ever, the premiere of the Rabbit Hole picture show uh, with me and Kath, and it's going to be like a monthly-ish, maybe sometimes a little bit more, so sometimes a little bit less, depending on work and things, and Kath's new show. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a monthly film club where we show either, you know, kitsch films or really niche films or documentaries or karate films or just a film that we really want to see or... what It could be anything, Right. And uh, the first one, so it's October the 27th, um, if uh, it's eight quid, which I think, I, think is a, I think is a bargain to come down, see the film. There's a bar there. You could, the bar will be open the whole time. It holds 65 people. Bring cushions, Catherine is keen to yeah, tell you. Yeah, because I had to sit on the bench when we went there last time, and although the bench was great and we had a lovely view, I just think that you're, my bum went a bit square. Well, I just think that we, were, we were on the bench. Yeah. We were on the bench. The bring 65 cu- is bring, the seat. I want you to be comfy, is I what I'm saying. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you need cushions, but Catherine is adamant. I would like you to. Um, and we only put it online uh, uh, about eight hours ago. We've sold 13 tickets. Now, 13 tickets may not sound a lot to you, but to me and Kath, they were going, well, is anyone going to want to come and see a film with us? We are thrilled, right? So I would suggest you get tickets pretty quickly. I will tell you where you need to go. It's not on my website yet. I'll do that the, the weekend. But I'll tell you where you need to go uh, to get the tickets. And at the moment, the, well, the film we're scream- screening is Fright Night Screaming. Oh, it's just one of the best. Uh, and I've not favorites. seen it. I've not seen it. It's the original from 1985. We are screening Fright Night. And at the moment... We're just screening the film. That's that. You, you're guaranteed the evening we're going to screen the film and there'll be a bar, right? But we are trying to get guest, a guest as well. It's someone in or connected with the film um, who can do a little Q&A with us. We are, we are trying to get someone. It's not a guarantee. We've not put that on the website or the tickets because we don't want to say it and then we don't get it. But we are working very, very hard to get someone connected with the movie to join us, um, probably via Skype if they're in the US, and we'll have a thing. Uh, but me and Kath will do a little thing at the start. We'll do a little thing at the end. We'll have a chat. You're encouraged to make noise throughout the film, not talk, but you're encouraged to cheer and shout and chuck stuff and boo and all of that stuff and scream. Um, and, you know, if you're watching the film and you think of something really funny to shout out, you know what? I'm not going to be against that because that's what I do when I'm at home. You know, you you can do it as long as, as long as we can hear the film. You shout something out, and we're probably going to have like a, a couple of prizes to give away for people because it's Halloween. Maybe you want to come as a character from the film, or you know, dress up in a Halloween thing or whatever. So we're going to make it fun. Now, if you want tickets, and I've just it's on this new website that I don't really know how to work, and I keep looking at it and going, oh, I need to change that. I need to change that. But the website is tickettext.co.uk tickettext.co.uk if you look for rabbit hole on there you'll find it or you can go to the two north down website because google two number two north down and look for us and you will find it there on october the 27th okay we'd love to see you we're going to be there watching the film you know we're not going off into some room at the back 
while it's on. We're going to watch the film with you. We're going to be joining in. We'll have a gab about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll have a little... little if we don't get a guest, um, we're going to have a little... We'll have a little forum. and a little, it'll, be, it'll be like a little club. And, and, you know, we got it from 7 till 11, the venue. The bar will be there. We're thinking of maybe stopping the film halfway through and doing an intermission. Might do that old school... Um, so come along. It'd uh, be, be nice to see you. And um, if this works, then um, then we're, we're going to do more of these. We've got, th- we got th- three more booked in for the rest of the year. Um, we'll reveal those dates when I, I've got them confirmed. Um, right, OK. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. The switchboard is empty at the moment, as it often is. We started the show with two guests. It's always a tough one to come back and... Um, get phone calls after we've had guests. That's cool. I, I understand that. It's also... Um, the phone calls have dropped off a bit recently, which is fine. I'm guessing it's partly because everyone's back at school. So, you know, the kids are in bed. The parents are probably in bed. Yeah. And we've all realised just how knackering the summer holidays were. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that's fine if you don't want to call in. I prefer it if you do, because I like to hear your stories. And maybe... Maybe tomorrow's show, um, we need to come up with some like old school topics. We'll do that tomorrow. That'll be our, our plan in the Fine. day. Come up with some old school topics so that people can kind of have a reason to phone in. Uh, and if you're new to this show, uh, I know we're getting loads of new listeners since they changed things at LBC, so thank you. Um, if you're, Don't wait for the question. There is no question that we ask that you have to phone in about. There is no point to any of this. None of this matters. You can phone in about literally anything. It can be a big news story. It can be something silly that happened to you today. Or it can just be feeling a bit lonely. Here's the thing. Um, I, I, I've, it's not happened so far because I've been busy every weekend. But I can see a time where on a Friday night I'll go home and I won't speak to anyone until I come into work on a Monday evening. I can see that happening, and I, I quite look forward to that. Just a weekend of pottering around, sorting my records out. Got some shelves for my records now. Pottering, you know, putting them in into alphabetical order and doing all of that. Um, and um, I, I, I can see myself not speaking to anyone all week. Okay, um, and I quite look forward to that. But some people don't speak to anyone ever, you know, all all day or in the week. Um, and so, if you're feeling this a bit lonely and you want to phone up and have a chat, you'd be very, very welcome to. O three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Uh, someone sent me this the other day, and I've 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 had this uh, open on my um, computer for ages, and. Um, I keep forgetting to uh, to look at it, so I'm going to do this story and then close it. FBI seizes over 3,000 penises during raid at morgue employees' home. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, seizes or seize? They seizes. Right, OK. Different different scenario. Sorry? Well, you could see them, but you're seizing them. It suggests that they are... Um, seizes. FBI... Di- dismembered. Seizes. Let me just get the appropriate sound effect for this, because this is... Uh, I'm taking this story seriously. Please, please don't think I'm not taking this story seriously. <laughs> oh, my. <sighs> no. Inappropriate? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Should I stop it? Yeah. When? Now! OK. I need to snap. Oh, like these did. FBI agents made an astonishing discovery this morning while executing a search warrant at the residence of a Houston mortician. 
3,178 embalmed penises. That's about half of your collection, Kathy. Well, oh, now that is, uh, that's tribunal. That is horny. That's exhibit, exhibit 258,000. That's so horny. By the way, we've got, um, I popped round to Cass the other day and I rang the doorbell. Have you heard her doorbell? No, stop it. This isn't a probes. This is inappropriate, man. De- I'm definitely reporting you to the correct authorities. Per- oh. Perf Patrol. <laughs> the, federal imbu- the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Investigazioni, suspected 54-year-old Dave Murray, an employee of the Harris County Morgue, of being implicated in an organ trafficking network. Oh, my God. The well, OTN. So he's, he's flogging knobs. Investigating several reports of missing organs and body parts, <gasps> dozens of agents raided his residence, hoping to find evidence of his involvement in the crimes. <gasps> what they found on the site was a lot more disturbing than what they expected, as the FBI spokesman Andy Ramirez described the scene in an interview with WNTV4. There were shelves everywhere, filled with hundreds of glass jars. Each of them contained a penis floating in formalin. According to Agent Ramirez, the accused rapidly confessed everything as soon as he was arrested. He explained in great detail how he'd been cutting off dead men's genital organs and collecting them for more than ten years. It took the FBI more than seven hours to gather all the organs and other pieces of evidence that were found on the site. A total of 53 criminal charges have been filed against Mr Murray and hundreds more could be filed. An anonymous FBI source said that the number of charges could reach over 3,000. Um... Oh, God. No. That's the end of that story. But then it, then it goes, you like that, you might like this. You weirdo. Gosh. Can we go... That was... that. What I mean, what would you grade that on 1 to 10? Is 1 being OK and 10 being just... Whoa. That was 11. OK. Can we go 13? I mean, give me a keyword. I'll give you the headline. Nevada. Morgue employee arrested. <laughs> I'm about to say the most horrific sentence I've ever said in my life. And he said some awful stuff. Morgue employee arrested for pimping out corpses for <gasps> sex. Oh, the dirty get. <laughs> Um, oh, my God. Las Vegas, Nevada. Las Vegas, of course. A morgue... I mean, um, prostitution's legal, of course, in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> a morgue employee from the... Speaking of corpses having sex, Carol's on in a minute. A morgue employee... <laughs> you right, Carol? You right, Carol? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I was just laughing. OK, we'll come back to you in a second. I'm glad it's just laughing you're doing. A morgue employee from the city of Sins was a city of Sins. Sin City, isn't it? Was arrested this morning for letting visitors have sex with the bodies under his care in exchange for money. Visitors, according to Las Vegas Just Metropolitan po- Police Department, thirty-six-year-old James Whitaker pushed oh. the motto "What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas" to a whole new level by operating. By the way, there's two words coming up. This is a great heavy metal band name. By operating a cadaver brothel for more than two years. Oh, my God. 
Mr Whitaker met his customers through a private internet site on which he advertised the corpses readily available at the Clark County Coroner's office where he worked the night shift. Oh, According to investigators, he asked customers from $1,500 to $5,000 per sexual encounter depending on the, quote, quality of the merchandise. So if you've not got much money, you go for a rotting one. Oh, no, that's that's terrible. LVNPD spokesman Lieutenant Jamal Brown said the accused was arrested after he accepted to sell the services... Oh, God. A 14, of a 49-year car... 49-year-old car accident victim to an undercover cover agent. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sell the services like that person has any part to play in it whatsoever. Investigators had to spend months chatting with him on necrophile forums... Oh, my. ...before he let his guard down and offered his services. A sting operation was rapidly organised. He was arrested on the spot. Uh, Brown says Mr Whitaker admitted he'd been operating his unusual brothel for more than five years. He told us he had customers in almost every American state as well as Mexico, Europe and Asia. He even claims to have some Middle Eastern princes among his regulars. Um, Mr Whitaker's lawyer, Frank C. Davis, already announced that his client would plead not guilty, adding that the 36-year-old necrophile was a victim of sexual discrimination. Whoa! Mr. Davis, the solicitor, whoa! This took a turn! The solicitor hopes this trial will lead to the abolition of Nevada's laws against necrophilia, which he says are anti-constitutional. So they're saying it is sexual discrimination because he's a necrophiliac, and that is... Yeah, but that's assuming that um, the person he's having sex with has has, uh, any, any power in the situation. Now, listen, I don't believe that you carry on living and once I think once you're dead, you're dead. But I draw the line at what happens after. I mean, put me in the skit, but don't mess about first. <laughs> this this is the World News Daily Report. This can't be a real website that I'm getting this from. No, that's not The Onion, is it? No, it's not The Onion. Saturday, the next headline, I won't read this one, but you can just this is the rabbit hole. Um, Saudi man sentenced to death for masturbating to drawing of Prophet Muhammad. Now, I mean, guys, please. Oh, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number. Let's go to Carol. Good evening, Carol. Hello, Ian. Hello, Cass. I just thought when you said there's nobody ringing, I thought, oh, better ring. Thank you. We're so glad that you did, because no-one is, and you're our favourite. <laughs> oh, you just make me laugh when you said about necrophilia and oh, oh carol's on the line yeah well i'm glad you did you've because you've got to every right to tell me to get lost being all sexual with me and talking about mature women and that because you're scaring me why am i scaring you don't want to scare because you i want to make you happy yeah i know but i want to make you happy i've got to be careful with this condom i don't want to just chuck it about no. and you're in enough bother as it is yeah, yes oh. can you hear my cat are we talking about an actual cat? Did you hear my cat mowing? I did hear it mowing, yeah. Mowing. I didn't because she's hungry. Do it again. <laughs> oh, I heard that one. Help me. Hmm? Help me, please. She's horny all the time. I did hear that, yeah. Um, mowing? Mowing, you know. M- mooing. Mewing. Oh, mewing. Doesn't, she doesn't really meow. She just goes, 
How does she, how does she go? Like that. Bow. Okay. Bow. Can't get a word in. That's Have you ever seen Simon's cat? Simon's you cat? Who's Simon? Yeah. It's a, it's a website. It's all cartoons about how cats can upset the things happening. It's just hilarious. Oh, okay. Oh, if, no, you're, if you're no. a cat lover like and it. a cat servant, yes. which you are... Yeah, of course. Lo- you'll love Simon's cat. It's just cartoons and little excerpts of okay. cartoons. It okay. only lasts a few seconds. Catherine, hey, Carol, I used to know a Cockney cat. Did you? Yeah, I used to go, all right! <laughs> what? Yeah, it sounded exactly like the person that owned it. Wow. She used to say, I used to go and she'd go, all right! And then once I was standing there in the hallway and I heard it again and I thought it was her. It wasn't, it was the cat. The cat spoke to you? It went, all right! Wowzers. Yeah. And you said I was nuts when I was psychically communicating with Velvet because I'd taken mushrooms. Yeah. That cat was talking to me. But apparently white cats are quite like that. Oh, the only white cat I ever knew was my nan's cat, Ozzy. And he was a vicious little indoor cat. Vicious thug of a cat. Horrible cat. Ozzy. Yeah, sounds like Elvis, my nemesis. Um, Well, Carol, listen, don't waste your... don't, Don't waste your Johnny on me. No, I'm looking for... I was going to go for the professionals, you know, on the... Bodie and Doyle? I was going to keep one. Yeah, OK. No, 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 not them. They've passed it a bit there, aren't they? They are, but I think. The, the, the male escorts... Oh, you mentioned this. Are you yeah. seriously going to do this? Well, I'm going to see how much it costs first. OK. Because I'll, I'll go have to save up. Yeah. Maybe you could do a GoFundMe. Ages and ages ago. Maybe, maybe we could have a whip That's round. It. That's probably extra. <laughs> Go go F me, Catherine is... Hang on. Catherine is is mouthing a very rude joke. She's saying it's not called GoFundMe, it's called Go F me. (laughs) (laughs) Go me, yes. Whatever. Anyway, I actually phoned up with a serious point... I don't believe you. ...for that poor man and the cat. Yeah. Unfortunately, a cat is defined as a wild animal... Yeah. Whereas a dog isn't. Right. A dog is defined as a pet because you have to have a licence to have a right. dog. Yes. That's the difference. You don't know that, do you? I oh. would like to suggest that that man get, gets in contact with Professor David Wilson from the University of Birmingham. Yes. Let me write this down. Professor, D- Professor who? Brian Wilson... David Wilson. At the University of California? No, University of Birmingham. OK, have they got it's University UK. of Birmingham? Yeah, I nearly went there. Well, I'm lucky. Yes. He's um, a professor of criminology. Yes. And he's pretty damn good. He's top man okay. in the country, really. What, what man are you talking about? He's like a brummy cracker. No, but... <laughs> what? This is about the, cat, the cats thing. OK, yes. The man's right. It's tra- it's a serial murderer you mean the, in training. The, you mean the, the man l- Boudicca, the woman. The lady. What? The, the, the lady. You've lost me now. We were talking to a lady about the cat, not a man. Boudicca. Oh, was it? Oh, sorry. I'm off asleep. No, no, just give your nose a <laughs> no. blow. Your ears are probably bunged up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've had a flu jab yesterday. That'll and be it. has gone all puffy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I feel worse yeah. now I've had it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's the the man's contact. Okay. Because oh, okay. he so. he doesn't do private work, but he will point the 
the person in the okay. direction right. so Brian Wilson of how to sort out of the University of California. with a cup. All right, Carol, no. thanks, you, thanks for your call. Hang on, I haven't finished yet. Flip it, heck. Regarding you said the that book... Before. <laughs> Where are you going? Are you ain't finished yet? Come back here and finish me! Cheeky sod! Oh, bu- bugger off, I'll do it myself! Go on, go! Just leave me that condom. I'll fetch it to Birmingham, cos I expect it be... It's getting a bit okay. tatty around the edges. Oh, my Which, God. And, uh, uh, what are we talking about there? <laughs> yeah, the book... The guy about the book... I bet it's ragged. Second. Stop it! This, well, I'm with in the rabbit hole. I'm Please get to the point so I can end this torture. <laughs> oh, all right. The book it reminded me of <laughs> the one of the most fantastic books ever written, the Bible, by a guy called Stephen Pyle. Yes, and it's called the Book of Heroic Failures. Okay, because that. And the Darwin Award series by Wendy Northcott. If you haven't got those in your bookshelf, you are so seriously missing out. Okay, I'm Um, going to cut you off now. She'll ring back, you know. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. Um, John is on the line. Good evening, John. Hi, I've got two points. One is on mm. the topic of the... Bullskill. Yes. Okay. Bullskill. You know, uh, when you make a driving licence in this country... Yes. Um, if you don't sign specifically to save your organs, it automatically belongs to the government. So they chop it and cut it and do whatever they want with it. In, that, I don't think that's correct. No, it's not yet. But... No, it's not. And I'll tell you why. Because I, yeah. I, I, got, I had to get a driving licence three weeks ago. And yeah. I had to tick a box. I had to... I'm sure I had to opt no, in. No, no, You have to opt out. Is it I an opt it, out? I saw it yesterday, actually, well. on, the, on the driving licence application. Uh, you have to opt out. If not, it's automatically. So, I mean, that guy, obviously, is, you know, it's sickening. But... Uh, you know, we, we, I mean... What, but, so anyone's entitled to take your penis, is what you're saying? I'm saying that if, if the dead body is, like, open for every, every experiment, you know, then this guy's a little, a little bit, uh, you know, crazy, of course. Is he, is he princess from Are the you saying you would, pay, you would travel to Las Vegas to have sex with a corpse? Oh, come on. God, no, 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 no. Well, no. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what relevance this has. I'm just saying that... I'm saying the bloke was within his rights. taking it... I'm just making a, making a silly point. One more point, OK? Hang on, you're making... Hang on a minute. No, no, hang on a minute. We're having a conversation here. I'm not letting you... Yep. You're making sure, a silly... Sure. What, what, what? what? I don't... Under, I've missed the joke. We're talking about penises and you it say was, you're making a silly joke. point. I was just saying that this guy was saying you know, all this thing stays in Vegas and obviously a lot of weirdos, the, guy, the guys are so desperate instead of picking up this this um, prostitute that are half dead anyway in, 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 in the streets are taking, you know, 100% of they, they don't want a 50% uh, uh, dead prostitute. They want a 100% dead prostitute. Exactly. I mean, they talk about desperate, crazy people. What can you do? But uh, there's, there's a crazy world out there. We, 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 we it's a crazy news. world out there. We're not about to lose our minds. It could happen to you. It and could happen to me. It could happen to everyone eventually. Doom, 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 doom. Wow. 
Okay, one more point. I want to take you to task about something. A few days ago, this you is were having a whole uh, is a case surprise. about this nursing home, or this guy that... Um, oh, we can't uh, talk about that. Guy. He don't right, listen, we can, we, can get, we can get his point. Hang, hang, hang on a minute. John, John, John. Yep. Shut up and have some manners. We can talk about this a bit. I will. And I will. What, I will did you, what, did you, what did you just say? You can't understand a word he says. I say you and Kat can understand it because on the radio it comes across very unclear. Right. And, and, and it, it, the guy is not well. Right. But uh, what, uh, what I want to put across, yeah. a point that uh, I have personal experience with, right. um, um, in the mental right. hospital, yes. what staff need to go through with right. patients... No, hang on. Why are you talking about mental hospitals? Because if I'm, I'm not saying if I don't know if this guy's conditions physically or mentally, but it sounds like but, a pain in the house, you know. Who he does? A little bit. Right. Do you know what, John? You are one of the rudest, most obnoxious call. <laughs> no, shut up and listen to I me. Shut up and listen to me, John. I you are me. shut up and listen, right? Because you don't. You come on and you do your little spiel, and it's really mean and it's really dark and it's really nasty. And me and Kath sit here and wonder why we put up with it. You don't know nothing about that guy. How dare you come on here and say that you he's an? Shut him. up! Shut your face, John, and listen. How dare you come on and say that that guy is in a mental institution? and he's a pain in the ass. He's the same age as me. He hasn't got a mental condition. He's got Parkinson's. If he's being a pain in the ass, it's because he's, he's demanding rights that we should all have. You have got absolutely no right to comment on that story with your sneering, well, shut up and listen, John. Shut up and listen, because you never do. You phone up and you never listen. You're going to listen now, boy. You okay, phone up okay. with your sneering, condescending, holier-than-thou super superior attitude, and you, sir, are a nasty piece of work. You're a horrible oh. caller. You're the worst caller that we get. You are rude. You are arrogant. And you are a, you are a, a tenth, you are a fiftieth the human being that Jerry is, right? So just get lost. Take your bile, take your filth, take your bigoted views and go and phone up LBC. Oh, Goodbye, on. John. You're an idiot. But I really appreciate your call. Thanks very much. 03444991000. He sounds like a pain in the ass. Says you. John is one one of the most annoying callers I've ever had. And every time he calls in, I was saying buzzkill, my shoulders tense up. And then if you're going to be rude about about something like someone who's got physical disabilities, well, 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 be, be, tough target, huh? Tough target. Um, and you're right. We, why are we hesitant to talk about Jerry there? Jerry won't be coming on for a little while. Everything is fine. I can say that. Everything is fine. In fact, everything is, is more than fine. But now there's a little bit of legals involved. So, Jerry won't be calling in. And we won't be going on about Jerry or, for a while. Okay? But just to let you know, the only reason you won't be hearing from me is because things are happening. Okay? Things are happening. And hopefully next time he comes on, when he can... Um, We'll have some good news. That's what we're aiming to. So, John, how dare you? How dare you, tough guy, phone up and criticise a caller who the, the very act of picking up a phone is it takes more strength and courage, literally strength and courage and thought, physical, th- mental thought to try and get the phone and dial the number than you could ever imagine in your privileged, arrogant lifestyle. And the reason I take this so personally is because... 
Jerry is in a very similar position physically, different illness, but the same thing as my mum. So that could be my mum that you're phoning up saying, complaining, because I did hear you, and you didn't say it a second time when I asked, but you did complain that you couldn't understand what he said. That could be my mum you're complaining about you can't hear what she says. That could be my mum you're saying sounds like a pain in the arse because she's complaining that she's cold or she hasn't been seen to. How dare you? We should treat everybody with physical and mental disabilities who lives in care, we should treat them like royalty. Because the torture and the anguish and the desperation and the depression that a lot of those dudes and gals go through just to make it the effort it takes some of them to make it through the day. We should treat them like absolute kings and queens. All right, so it's a, it's a no. I'm not having that at all. How dare you? Oh, three, four, four. four. One of the most unpleasant callers I've ever had. Today. Well, and now we've got an excuse not to speak to him again. Oh, we'll let him on again. Oh, I don't want to speak to him again. You, you, you have my permission to put your fingers in your ears. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. It never ends well with him. No, it doesn't. But I've got his number. I've got his card. He's got his card marked, and I've got his number. He's on my S list, and he's staying there. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. So, um, Kiss are doing um, an end of the road tour again. Well, yeah, it's, it's Kiss, and I, I kind of like Kiss, kind of, and uh, not as much as I did. I kind of like him. I used to, I used to hate him. Then I got into them ironically. And then I dug him, and then I kind of went off him. But they've just announced an end-of-the-road tour. It's the last tour they're doing. And loads of people are going, um, yeah, I stumped up tickets for the Farewell Tour in 2000, and you've been touring constantly since then, so what the hell is this about Simon Stanley et al? But it's the same thing. All these, these acts... does it as well, doesn't she? Yeah, all these acts that are in their late 60s, most of them, ticket sales maybe not what they once were, so how do you get bums on seats? And this, this is what you do is you just say, it's the farewell tour. Now, the farewell tour is as uh, uh, evidenced by um, Elton John. His farewell tour is three years <laughs> so far. But you know it's going to get ext- extended by popular demand. In, and, and also, it's not a tour in the way that it, we used to have a tour where bands would go on tour for a year and they'd be playing three, four, five, six nights a week. It's a tour where you do a couple of shows here, a few weeks off, a couple of shows there, a few weeks off, do a festival month. It's that kind of tour. It's not a tour. Um, it's working. It's working. <laughs> so Elton John, his tour will go, it's supposed to end in 2021, but I, I bet it'll be going until 2024 at least. And then he'll still do one-off shows. The Farewell Tour doesn't stop you doing one-off shows. And it's the same with Kiss, man. We should call it Kiss Goodbye. Why? It doesn't actually work as 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 well as you think it does. Why? Why? It just doesn't work. Why? What would you call it? But by the way, everyone telling me don't let John back on. I'm going to let him back on, including me, (laughs) because because you're telling me not to let John back on. Um, that is why. Um. Mm. 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 Looking forward to the new Stan and Ollie film. Was it Johnny Wonny? Jeannie Weenie. But it wasn't Jeannie Weenie, it was something else, wasn't it? It is Jeannie Weenie. I thought you got it wrong. I said Jeannie Weenie. Oh, Jeannie Weenie. With love, Jeannie Weenie. Um, The film with Steve Coogan as Stan Laurel, 
John C. Riley, Steve Brule, as um, yes, 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 John. Yes. Oh, is there a debate if, if I should be? A- oh, sorry, I cut you off. Um, John C. Riley. I didn't understand a word that guy was saying. No, Doctor Steve Brule um, and the other guy in Step Brothers as uh, Oliver Hardy about their tour of Britain in 1952, something like that. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be good. I'll tell you what, I'm really looking forward to. Oh yeah. Gaga in a Star Is Born. Star Is Born. We're going to go and see that next week. I'm genuinely very excited Sorry. about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. I like I like movies. I even watched the Bruce Willis remake of Death Wish today. How was that? Ah, a lot of bald guys in it. Bruce Willis. I love Bruce Willis. I, I, I think he's great. I think he's brilliant. The, the Die Hard films, that one where he's got to get a hostage, 13 Blocks. I think it's called 13 Blocks. Uh, I, I love it. I think he's great. But he half look old now. Well, he is old. Well, how old is he? He's not that old. 66? Well, uh, yeah, I reckon. Let's have a look. Okay. What are you saying? You can't say 66, I'm saying it. 63. Okay, go. Is that allowed? Yeah, sure. Of course it's allowed. Okay. Bearing in mind that we'll just get his showbiz age on uh, Wikibot. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's have a look. Have you put the heating up? No. I'm just hot. No. 63. Boom. I win. Okay. Well, I, I don't have any evidence of that. Because you're looking at yeah, the computer. Yeah, you've got the internet. Okay. You happy now? You comfortable? You moaned about temperature, so I to adjust. <laughs> Don't take out your rag on me. Uh, uh, your rag? Ag. You said your rag. That I is disgusting. Uh, you're going to lose your new show before it's even started. Can't even talk about it. This is the late night alternative. The switchboard is empty. Give us a call. This is Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. It's not time to make a change. Just relax and take it easy. You're still young. That's your fault. There's so much you have to know. Find a girl, settle down If you want, you can marry Look at me I am old, but I'm happy I was once like you are now And I know that it's not easy To be calm when you found something going on But take your time, think a lot why think of everything you've got or you will still be here tomorrow but your dreams may not how can i try to explain when i do he turns away again it's always been the same the same old story from the moment i could talk I was ordered to listen, there's a way, and I know that I have to go away, I know I have to go It's not time to make a change, just sit down and take it slowly. You're still young, that's your fault There's so much you have to go through Find a girl, settle down 
If you want, you can marry. Look at me. I am old, but I'm happy. All the times that I cried, keeping all the things I knew inside. It's hard, but it's harder to ignore it. If they were right, I'd agree. But it's them, you know, not me now. There's a way, and I know I have to go away. I know I have to go. That's great, isn't it? I found that. Uh, I found. I, I bought and I'd forgotten it. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I lost loads of my CDs. I like the Talking Heads album that I really wanted to listen to. So I couldn't find it. It's gone. But I found this beautiful box set. Um, Johnny Cash unearthed, right? So, you know, before he died, he did those four or five albums, the American music albums, and it's all like, it's him and Rick Rubin. It's basically a guitar and a piano. Did you hear him doing Father and Son then with Fiona Apple? So I found this box set that I bought, and he can't get it now. It cost, costs a fortune of outtakes from those sessions. So, and he, he recorded hundreds of songs. So there's... Um, there's him doing Father and Son with Fiona Apple, and it's stunning, man. Is that from the same album where he did Hurt? It's from the same sessions, but it never came out. I'll show you the box set. It's, it's an absolutely stunning box set, Cash Unearthed, and it cost a fortune. Um, he did um, uh, he did this, and I remember years ago, I, I interviewed. he did a song with Glen Campbell, and I interviewed Glen Campbell. I said, you did a song with Johnny Cash. He went, nope. I said, yeah, you did for the American session. Nope, didn't do it. And that was obviously... The beginning of his decline, because he did. He did. Um, listen, I, I won't play it all, but listen to this. This is stuff. This is stuff that never got released, except in this box set. It's absolutely. Uh, listen to these two dudes. Here we go. Well, it's knowing that your door is always open and your path is free to walk. That makes me tend to leave my sleeping bag rolled up stashed behind your couch And it's knowing I'm not shackled by forgotten words and bonds And the ink stains that have dried upon some lines That keeps you in the back roads by the rivers of my memory And keeps you ever gentle on my mind It's not cling to the rocks and ivy. Isn't that great. I love him so much. Oh, it's great. That, you want to get that box set now? That's a hundred quid at least. I got it when it came out, and uh, it's, a, it's an absolute gem. The fact that he sounds as if he's not put his teeth in just adds to it, doesn't it? Great man. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number. If you want to give us a call, good evening, James. Hello. Hello, James. How are you? I'm all right, thank you, James. I've gone deaf in one ear because I hit the desk and there's a loose connection somewhere, and I can't. There we go. Oh, okay. uh, oh well, it's gone. It's gone. No, um, hang on. No, deaf in uh, deaf in one ear. Oh, buggery balls! You talk to Catherine, James. I've got to bang the desk. Hang on, I've got it. Yeah, okay, I'll talk to Catherine. Go on then, fire away, James. What did you ring for? Hello, Catherine. Hiya. No guitar tonight. Oh. No, I've been to the open mic and I'm on my way back, but uh, it wasn't that good tonight. Oh, really? So do you you feel a bit deflated? 
Yeah, but you know it. Rubbish, ain't it? Yeah, but it's a bit They're all plugged in, aren't they? Yeah, that's the thing. But I was um, I was interested to find out what happened to that guy called Manny that that Ian was talking to. Hang on a sec. Oh, okay. Sorry, guys. Uh, sorry, guys. Literally can't hear anything now. He could be effing and jeffing, and neither He's of us not. have got headphones He's in. Not. Oh, hello. <laughs> no, it's that... still. There we go. I'm good. Right. What? Well, you asking about Manny, James? Yeah, I, I wanted to find out what, what happened to him because Ian was so positive, and he um, he talked him round, and, and, and it was interesting to find out if there was any good news. Oh, so you must have missed Monday, because Manny. I did. Yeah. Right. Okay, so the way I remember it, Ian, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, whatever. We got um, a charity called Birmingham Vision got in touch with us and Manny. On Asbar. And they were talking about retraining opportunities, and uh, they'd got contacts with various businesses and stuff. So it was all looking pretty good. He was feeling really positive about it. And then it turned out that he actually wasn't blind. It was a fake. He was just milking it, and he's had us all. Um, he's conned us all <laughs> out of thousands. You're joking. Yes, of course he's joking. Well, I'm suspicious. Here's another bit that was really heartwarming. <laughs> is that when he spoke okay. to us on Monday, he's got choices now because he's um, been offered a couple of jobs, hasn't he? He, see, he said oh, that's he, the, the bloke at his local cost cutter is listening to the show, recognised him uh, from his voice and the fact that, you know, he's local and said he might have uh, some work for him there. So it's all looking oh, quite, quite positive. And if Manny's listening, we would like an update at some point, but only when you're ready, mate. Oh, fantastic. Anyway, I want to talk about my... my I, I bought a budgie. Oh. You I, what? He bought a budgie. What, is it in the I 1970s? What, you, what do you mean you bought a budgie? What for? Because I live on my own. Oh. Get and, a cat. And when I get home... And when I get home, it's something that's live and, and somebody... Yeah, and I know what you mean. That, you know what I'm saying? It's just something there, you know? I know, know exactly and what it, you it, mean. I've got the same thing with the cat. You're right, it's, it's another well, a human being, but yes, yeah, it's, it's another soul well, it's, in the house. It's a living thing, you know, and, and it just does something to your mental sort of um, disposition to, to go in and, and, and see something yeah. that's alive. I totally agree, and the fact you've got to care for it and feed it, and it's dependent on you, and it's um, and, and it's happy. So do you, do, you let it, do, you, do you let it fly around the, the place you live in, or does it live in the cage? I only bought it Friday, so... He's um, just getting used to me, <laughs> and he's um, yeah, he's just getting used to me. And um, I, I bought the cage, and I bought a little cage so I can take him out as well. And um, I, I'm I, I'm going to do that, but, but it's, it's baby steps at the minute. Oh. At the moment, I'm just playing Elvis Presley to him. <laughs> well, then there you go. You see, didn't you know someone, well, named, Ian, who used to have like an inflatable cage? No. Yes, she did. You oh, told me about someone who had Tallulah, a bird in a ball. Tallulah, yeah, she used to, when she was a caller, rock and roll! She was the <laughs> sister of Michael Schenker, if that means anything to rock fans out there. And um, she would come to events that I was doing uh, on a bicycle. I think it was a bicycle, not a moped. And she had, like, an inflatable ball, um, and she would put the budgie inside it, and the budgie would, would fly, it would flap around, yeah. That's not that's not nut. I wonder what happened to Tallulah. She's still around, apparently. She's not dead, but um, I don't know where she is. Well, listen, you're doing the right oh. thing, James. Pets are great. 
Um, I don't yeah. know how much affection you get from a bird. I don't. I've never. Um, I've never. You know, been a, whatever works for you. For me, it's cats. For some people, yeah, it's well, dogs. For some people, it's birds. Well, I'm, I'm back home now. I'm just going to go in and see how he's. I've called him Elvis. Of course you have. I would be disappointed if you if you had done any other thing. James, listen, you're a good man, and best of luck. And well done you getting a pet. Thank you. So I get it. I get it. It's the same with Velvet, you know. She comes in, and she's like, where have you been? And when I come, she's deaf. I'm pretty convinced that she is completely deaf. And um, she really, not when I come in, Feed me! Stamp, stamp, stamp. Thing is, she's not happy because she's been a bit sick the last couple of days, throwing up a bit, so she's on the dry biscuits. And you put it there and she's like, okay, this is funny, but where's my real tea? Huh? <laughs> oh, it's this. I hate you. I really, really hate you. She hates the biscuits. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the um, telephone number. A hairdresser from New Orleans or New Orleans was arrested this morning and accused of using his customers' hair to create voodoo dolls and cast curses upon them. According to the New Orleans Police or New Orleans Police Department, 29-year-old Enoch Azaka collected the hair he cut from his customers at the old city barbershop and used it in black magic rituals. We found a voodoo altar in the store's basement with dozens of dolls. We also found baggies full of hair, each marked with the names of the customers it came from. What's going on in America, people keeping bits of other people? New Orleans Police Chief Ronal Surpass says Mr. Azaka used his skills as a voodoo sorcerer. Used his skills. skills as a voodoo sorcerer to cause pain and illness to his victims in order to extort money and, of course, to get sexual favours. What? The Did vi- you add that bit? No, it's there. But listen to this. This this story is is amazing because, for two reasons. One... He was he was cutting bits off them to get hair and keeping it to do voodoo dolls. Second bit is what I'm about to read, because it seems to imply that voodoo is real and well, works. That's what I mean, saying that he, he did these well, here things. Here you go. The victims described suffering from acute migraines, back pain, severe rashes, respiratory problems, and even some sudden and eerie hemorrhages that would cause blood to come out of their nose, eyes, and their ears. So voodoo is real. Um... Mr. Azaka allegedly contacted them himself to explain he was a powerful sorcerer and the cause of their pain. Ah. Some of his victims called us up after he asked them for money. He showed them the dolls and threatened to increase their pain if they didn't pay him thousands of dollars. Ah, I see. Go on, what? Well, you know, when you sit in the hairdresser's chair, what do you do? You go on about your aches and pains and stuff. So, here's my theory. Well, either it's real or... He's managed to piece together what's what's ailing them. And, and, and cause you... them to bleed from their eyes. OK, Catherine. Maybe not that bit, but, you know. Why don't you go and... Well, I tell you what, why don't you go and cosy up with the coppers who think it was a fox killing them cats? Right? Just be careful, because one of those hey. coppers did it. Hey, hmm? don't, don't get angry with me. Two of his female customers claimed that instead of money, the accused asked them for sex in exchange for dispelling the curses. <laughs> he had cast them. By the way, if any of you ladies out there are cursed... I have a magic wand. 
Enoch Azaka now faces a total of 184 criminal charges, uh, including 94 charges of theft, 32 charges of extortion, and 48 charges of witchcraft. Um, okay. Okay, there we go. Um... Ooh, flipping it. If this can't be a real... This is, this is an incredible news site. Is this all from the same website? Yes. Right. Here's a headline. Siamese twins in vicious legal battle over right to masturbate. Now, um, I'm assuming they're men. Is this a real website? It can't be, can it? A set of 54-year-old conjoined twins from Michigan are facing each other in court. That's not that's they do actually facing each other physically. So that's a little bit mean to put that. There's a joke there. As one of the siblings. is contesting his brother's right to engage in sexual sexual acts without his consent. Oh, right, so is, is they're contesting who owns the... Uh... Alfred and Wilbert Peterson were both born joined at the waist and facing each other and spent their entire life this way. They have two sets of arms and legs and their own hearts and stomachs, but share a lower digestive tract and, yes, you guessed it, a penis. This shared penis has become a major source of conflict between the twins over years, recent years, and Alfred is uh, is now going to court to keep his brother from masturbating. He keeps playing with our penis without my consent. That's legally a sexual assault. Alfred says he is suffering from insomnia and from a post-traumatic syndrome after waking up at night on three occasions to catch his brother masturbating. I don't want to sleep at night because I'm afraid he's going to touch me. Um. As for Wilbert, he claims he has done nothing wrong and insists that he has the legal right to masturbate. He said he waited for his brother to be asleep because he knew he was against it and didn't want to disturb or shock him. Um, okay, there we go. So can they both feel it? This can't be a real... No. This, I mean, this... Oh, website yeah. is very, very, I'm going to say it, knob heavy. It is, though, isn't well, it? Well, I'm being quite selective. Ah, it's a fake news website. Oh, man. What? We've been putting this out like it's fact. Okay. Oh, I, I should have not acknowledged that. I should have just. Okay. I, I dump it. It's too late. Oh, well, that's very, that's very funny. I'm starting to get quite involved. Uh, it's very funny. Um, well done, guys. You had us. Um, Barney! Yes. Yes, Barney. Hello. Hello there. Well, I was listening to you last week about, um, talking about ghosts and, uh, the, like, how you were saying, was it ghost memories or the spirits are, like, in the iron that's in the rock? In yes, the, um, that's one theory. Stone tape yes. theory. Yes, well, um, well, I took, took that, um knowledge as advice and actually the knowledge of advice knowledge as advice okay um yeah and i actually went out and got myself one of those um shop loyalty card magnetic strip readers scanners um and i went out and uh swiped around some grounds 
<laughs> swiped around some grounds. Yes, um, and some buildings and some rocks, and I think I might have actually oh. possibly come across something. Okay, go on. What's ha- what happened, Barney? Tell us. Well, um, I mean, you know you were talking about with the Dion how it's always just the usual suspects and we never hear of dinosaur ghosts or yeah. cowboy ghosts or yeah. caveman ghosts or spaceman ghosts or I don't know what else. Like proper old ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've come across something with my scanner, and it, I do think it possibly might be some evidence of, of actually dinosaur ghosts existing. So I was going to play a bit. Oh, God, yeah, please do, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, there might be some more, you know, experts out there who might kind of have a better idea. Okay. Yeah, so maybe we could, um, yeah, just... If anyone out there, you know, can, like, get in contact and kind of, you might know a bit more about... Okay, we, we, Plays fi- the tape, Barney. we finish at one o'clock, Barney, right. so let's, um... All right, good, here we go. Here we go. That's very, very compelling evidence, Uncanny. by the way. I know. It's, it, yeah, I mean, you know, with new technologies and things, we can kind of yeah. investigate further. And... We can investigate further. Well, if anyone listening knows exactly what that is and can help us, um, yeah. 03444991000, thanks so much for your call, and do let us know if you get any more spooky yeah, recordings, Barney. Yeah, thanks. Thank All you right. very much indeed. I've never had such a deadpan doer prank before. I enjoyed prank. it. <laughs> prank you say <laughs> I enjoyed that that was performed to perfection yeah that was good that More paranormal that. paleontologist um no 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 you're thinking of um, the guys that dissect the solo work of Monty Python a paleontologist Wow, nice one. Yeah, you liked that one, didn't you? Yeah, it tickled me a bit. You liked that, didn't you? Just a bit. Um, only because you got the hots for Michael Palin. I do. Good evening, Nigel. Uh, hi, Tommy. Sorry? Hi, t- hi Tommy. Tommy? That's Tommy, isn't it? Tommy who? Uh, oh, it's not Tommy Boyd. Is it, is it Ian? Tommy Boyd? Wait, it's a, you sound different. You it's, sound like Tommy Boyd. It's not been Tommy Boyd for about 20 years. Oh, well, you sounded different on the last... when you were speaking a while ago. OK, well, thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, Ian. Ian. Nigel, it's not a very good signal, mate. Yeah, hang on. No, it's because I'm on my... Mo- Is that better? I've changed yeah. ears. No, yeah, it was the ear that was doing it. <laughs> You're absolutely correct, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I rung up. You know I said I had some good news about my funeral being paid? Yes. You know, if it was paid. But I had some more bills coming today, and I've got I've got um, a £1,000 bill for energy bill, 
and a water bill for seven hundred. So that's nearly two thousand pounds to pay. For we did, bills. didn't we? So we, I think we mentioned because you say you like to dry your clothes on the radiators, didn't you? Yeah, but yeah, but these these bills were were out before my mum died. She already owed the money. I... Before, yeah. You so need she, someone. She, um, she sort of, she hid it from me. I think actually. Oh, so did she not have? The, do you think maybe she didn't have them? Because a thousand pounds—that's like a year's. Yeah, I can't electricity. Because, because I'm paying, I'm paying so much a week, like ten pounds on each card a week. Yeah. And and I was paying twenty when Mum was alive. I was paying paying twenty five on each card. That's fifty pounds. What? What do you mean card? What? What? What card? You know the energy cards that they swipe them in the post office, and the... okay, I don't, anyway. I don't really understand how that works. Well, no, you, but, but you, I, I, you, I, you, Nigel, you, you need to phone up the energy company, yeah, tomorrow and um, yeah. explain what's going on, because it well, sounds like... This, like I've got a lady helping me, um, uh, a warden that comes to see me. She's coming next week on Monday. Ah, uh, would was there any chance yeah. you could get her to speak to you tomorrow? What? No, no, because she's, she's on holiday. Okay, because and, okay. and um, well, they're gonna. Monday they, they, should be fine. Somebody came today and they told me not to pay it till she rings them up. Yeah, don't pay. It. Yeah, exactly. That's really no. good advice. Wait until she, as long <laughs> Ian, as. Ian. Yes, Nigel. Ian. Yes. I'm so I'm so upset because I, I can't afford these bills. Okay, well don't worry okay. about it. <laughs> okay. That's all right. I haven't got over the shock of mum at all. And, no. and I, I've just been praying for her. And I'm lying on my bed thinking about all this money problems as well. Okay. Well, listen, no point in worrying now. What can I do? Well, I'm going to tell you if you listen. There's no point yes. in worrying about it now. Yes. Um, yes. It, it will have to get sorted at some point. Um, yes. and, but you, you need to speak to your the, the warden on first thing on Monday and get her to yes. phone up and see what the situation is. Coming round on Monday. Then there you go. Then. I, I really, yeah. as I said before, yeah. having the radiators on to dry your pants that is going to yeah. that is going to yeah. cost a fortune. No, I don't do that every day. It's not very. No, often. you I shouldn't, Ma- Nigel. Mm. Nigel, you mm. shouldn't do it mm. at all, man, because that costs no. a fortune. No. But I have to have the radiator on if I'm cold. You know. Uh, okay. Yeah, of course, anyway. you've got to keep warm. Yeah, because you don't want to yeah, freeze. But don't warm, use it to dry your clothes, man. No, I, I haven't been. I haven't been lately. No. Okay. Lately, right, no. Listen, listen. These um, these things so, can be get sorted out. Sally is saying, uh, Nigel, you might be able to get it written off by applying to the energy company, explaining the circumstances. Yes. There'll be there'll be a little bit of flexibility. There'll be something that will be able to happen. The, the bills are in her name, not my name. Do a runner then. No, I yeah, listen. Yeah. I don't want to give you advice because I don't understand mm. the legalities well, of it. Citizens Advice Bureau. Would that help? Uh, yeah, but I would suggest you can you would your warden go with you to the Citizens Advice Bureau? Uh, uh, well, she might ring them up for me. I don't think she'll go there, but she probably could ring them up. Uh, Nigel, I wouldn't start preempting. I wouldn't start thinking about anything else, but just speaking to her on Monday, and you can work it out together. Honestly, yes, yes um, not to pay it then. No, but not to spend all my money until I'm sure what to do, yeah. Oh, but, you know, feed yourself and stuff. Do all that normal yeah, stuff, yeah. but just because don't... Because if I, if I spend all my money on the bills, I won't have enough to, to eat. Exactly. To buy, buy any food. Don't um, fret, Nigel. Don't fret. Have a word... No, OK, Catherine. Have a word on Monday. Thanks, sh- Catherine. I'm, sh- I'm so stressed. I don't know what to do with myself. I know, I know. And I've got nobody here to talk to. And my brother, my family won't lend me any money or give me any money, so. 
Well, you're not in that position yet. You don't know what the score is, no. so just hang on till Monday, all no. right? And then, of course, there's the rent. I've got the rent to come next, and that that's going to be mounting up because I haven't paid it for a long time. So. OK. But the, the council know what the yeah. situation is, don't they? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so. of course, yeah, yeah. So One don't fret. The most time, important thing is that they know... They know what you know. That they know how things are at the moment. You just uh, you can't mm. hide from it. You have to talk about it. But I just hang mm. on till Monday, and it sounds like you've got someone helping you there. who will be able to see see what to do. I next. just think I just think that Mum hid the the bills from me, you know, um, yeah. because I found another one. I had another one the, the same. Why, why the do you think amount. she was hiding the bills, Nigel? Do you think she was I, struggling to pay? I think she was struggling to pay. Oh, bless bills. Her. Yeah, yeah, but she never mentions the bills to me. No, she was trying to protect you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll get, because Nigel, not, it'll get sorry. sorted. There's no point in yeah. stressing so much. It will get sorted, mm. one way or well, another. I, I did show her, I showed her a bill in hospital, and she said, um, I'll just leave it, she said. So I put it aside, and now, of course, I've got another one, the same one coming again. You need a grown-up um, to help out. Yeah, yeah. You need a grown-up. Anyway. Okay. Hang on till Monday, Nigel. Yeah. So well, oh, well, I still would have to pay it. I suppose. Don't, we don't know. We don't know. Oh, we don't. We don't until know until they ring the company up. Then. Until they ring the yeah. company, yeah. Is it no good me ringing them up tomorrow? I would wait. I I would wait for a grown up. But but I could do it myself. But then they might listen to that lady better if she's. I would mind. wait for that lady. Yeah. 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 Sometimes okay, these things, yeah. it's good okay. if someone who's not directly involved does it, because it's all a bit calmer. Mm. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I understand what you mean. It all will right, get no. sorted. Um, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you on Monday, then, uh, Monday night, then. All I'll right, then, Monday Nigel. night. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, I hope I haven't got to pay all my money out, so... Well, let's see what happens, mm. mate. All right, we'll speak to you on Monday. Mm. Yeah, thanks, then. Bye, bye, bye. Bye-bye. Well, we did wonder what would happen, and uh, it did all sound a little bit too... And we can speak fairly freely, because we know Nigel doesn't listen to the show. Um, We did wonder what would happen when his mum died, and um, I'm not surprised to hear that things are starting to spin a little bit wider than they were spinning a week or so ago. Right, but... What gives me a little bit of hope is the fact that there are people around him who know he needs help. Yeah. And this person who's coming on Monday, obviously, has recognised that. Poor old Nigel. Mm, yeah, poor old Nigel. Um, 0344 This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. On Talk Radio. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Lots of people saying, "Hey, let's uh, do a, go, a crowd GoFundMe and all that." No, because it's not—it's not our responsibility, and I don't actually think it would necessarily help. I think whatever is happening needs to yeah. happen, and what you know—if if, if, um, someone who is obviously vulnerable is living in a place that they are incapable of maintaining on their own then at some point that, that, that kind of crash needs to happen so that they get moved into a place that yeah. is more suitable Exactly. There's no for point them. putting a sticking plaster on it, is there? Cause no. it won't help him long term. Uh, phones, phones, phones. Thank you very much indeed. 
Um, yeah, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the uh, telephone. Oh yeah, this is a great one. This is great, man. Is this a real one? Scrambled eggs in packs. <laughs> oh no! Come on. I mean, how lazy do you have to be? Well, it, it, it's the natural evolution. From Aunt Bessie's Yorkshire puddings, which are tough to make. Yorkshire puddings are tough to make. But then you can also get frozen roast potatoes, which are not tough to you make. You get grated carrot, I suppose. You get, you get grated cheese, grated carrot. You can get... Well, it, you can get bottled water. Do you know what I mean? That's the dumbest of the dumb. You can get, the, this is how stupid we are. We pay a lot of money for stuff that we get for free at home. Remember when the first one was Perrier? Remember when mm. Perrier came? Oh, posh. Oh, posh, fizzy water. But at least it was bo- fizzy. Yeah, was posh, fizzy water in a bottle. And now, it's just water. It's just water. And do you know what? You get it for free at home. I don't... I tend not to buy it now. We used to go out when we went to Waitrose to get our food for our tea. We'd buy a bottle of water. You very kindly bought me a water bottle. And now I keep forgetting it. I keep leaving it in my fridge because I've got a fridge now. I haven't had a fridge for two years. But I filled it up, put it in the fridge, nice and cold, take it around with me. If I'm really thirsty, I'll buy a bottle of water. If I'm out with the boys we are, and I've not taken any water, I'll buy a water. Of course I will. But it is the biggest con yeah. since organic food and iced coffee. It's a con. Mm. It's a con. Kids are uh, wise to it, though, aren't they? I mean, they've always got a bottle of water. My kids, they take one to school. They know to fill it up. It's part of the routine. Yeah. I had um, uh, water from a water fountain in a school playground the other night. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. It tastes funny. It was flipping horrible. Yeah, it was rank. Hello, caller. Too slow. Uh, Pablo? How do you? You all right? Yeah, good. What you got? Oh, and there was just a bit of news. What? Um, I, I, went, um, I went on the radio uh, tonight presenting a show on uh, a local community radio station. Here we go! The competition has phoned in to gloat. This is what I believe is known as a rap battle. <laughs> Well, it was uh, it was mainly just a thank you in cast and uh, Mr. Jakey up as well. Who uh, gave us a bit of inspiration in uh, uh, pursuing the venture. So, I've, hey, uh, mate, oh, this is well. That, hey, listen, that's very kind of you, but we, we, you know, we we didn't do nothing. We, we we're we're the living example of how not to do it. So, uh, what what was it, uh, Pablo? Where was it, and, and how long did it? Um, how long have you been planning this? Um, well, it was just a random thing to some people I conversed with on Twitter. They um, were advertising a radio show that they did, uh, a wrestling-themed one, and uh, I got in touch with them, just asked them how, how they got it, and they gave us the contact details, and made it very clear that they didn't have any room for any wrestling uh, radio shows other than the one they had. So I made yeah. it clear, that's, that's not what I'm doing. Um, and, yeah, so I just uh, submitted an email and got a, a phone call, and they asked us to come in for training the day, and basically walked in and they just said, right, this is this, this is this, and just press that and you'll be live. So uh, it was all very uh, very quick. They made us sign things first, of course. But, uh, well, there uh, you go. Well, that's, and did you enjoy it? It was good. It was it was fun. I mean, obviously, as I say, I wasn't quite prepared for going straight on, so it was a bit uh, touch slapdash, but I had a general idea of what I was wanting to do. So, you know, I put some songs in, did a few links, Gave an idea of what the show will be once I actually get it. Um, and yeah, yeah, so all cool beans. Good work, man. I'm proud of you. Congrat. Have you got any more in the diary? 
Um, well, I'm, I'm just going to, uh, well, from this, I just wait to hear back from the station controller uh, tomorrow or, or in the next couple of days. Brilliant. Um, but it, it, if I do get the go-ahead, it'll be Pablo's Vault of Horror. There you go, uh-huh. Pablo. Thank you for, I'm, I'm glad, thank you for thanking us. There's no need to, we're just two idiots, two chances that uh, stumbling our way along the world path and just getting paid for this stuff. But well done, Pablo, that's excellent stuff. Supermarket Iceland is selling the ultimate convenience food yet for cookery clots. Scrambled egg in a bag. The four mixed yolks and whites cost 50 pence more than a box of 10 Class A eggs from the chain. A dash of milk, salt and pepper have been added, the only extra ingredients needed to make the dish from scratch. You don't even... Oh, you need milk. You don't need salt and pepper. Well. Iceland said the £1.50 pouch... Pouch. £1.50. Um... Is aimed at culinary. You taught me to cook something today. Yeah. You taught. I cooked something that you taught me to cook, and it was it was a variation of one of my favourite things by coincidence. Um, and it was delicious, man. It was a really nice meal. It was a Joe Wicks job. It was only. It took, it took about five minutes, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was great. Chorizo, egg, tomato, chili flake, and a bit of the Parmesan cheese. It's spring onion. It's spring onion. And yummy yum yums. It's good. Uh, Iceland said the £1.50 pouch is aimed at twats. <laughs> sorry, no, sorry. Is aimed at culinary challenged people who have not bothered to learn the basics. But this is the natural evolution because um, you, right, you can cook, but and I can't. There are a lot of people that say in their 30s, 10 years younger than us, that are in their 30s, that haven't learnt the skills that their mums had. Well, here's the thing. My mum never taught me. Right, OK. It's just that the I book, think, I the book stopped with me. I think you're the exception. To, I think you're the exception these days, particularly in people five, six, seven years younger. Mm. That, um, but this is the natural progression, you know, in the, the 70s when we got, like, ready meals TV for the first time. It's like, yeah. wow. And so just people stop learning skills. I would have to... And this sounds dumb. I would... Um, well, no, I wouldn't actually, because I heard it on a thing on the radio. But I, if I hadn't heard this thing on the radio two days ago, I'd have to Google how long you boil an egg for. Three minutes, I'm guessing. Three, no. th- oh, two minutes. How? how, how soft, how? I want it soft. All right, I would say... Listen to the Navy lock. Six is kind of... Six is too long. No, six is the way I like it, but I like them veering towards... I don't like them snotty. I want a, I want a runny egg. Yeah, I reckon... Well, there you go. Well, there, Four minutes. There you go. I don't know how but to... But you have to experiment. I don't know how to boil an egg. I don't know how to do it. So I, I, I can't get sniffy at the people that can't do scrambled eggs just because I can do it. Scrambled egg, to me, is easier than boil. I can do a wicked poachy. Man, my poach eggs See, I've never done it that way. We always had a poaching pan. No, 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 no. You just get the water going. I don't even bother putting the vinegar in now. Just get that egg in there. Spin It spins around. It catches itself up. But so I, I can't laugh at these people... Um, and uh, because I can't boil an egg, I do five minutes for a runny yolk. You just googled it. Well, just you just googled. I it. do six, but you just googled it. But I just wanted to check. Okay, well, so you were. I out, know how I like them. You were out by a minute. Um, uh, get angry with me. The store. I'm not angry at all. I'm, 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 I'm just lonely. Oh. The store claimed 13% of university students do not know how to boil eggs, let alone scramble them. Yeah? 
Why would they? But Keen cooks last night pan. The, I can cook a roast dinner. Actually, no, I couldn't cook the roast meat. I could cook just like chicken because you just you put that in the oven. Do you know what? It's dead easy these days because you get them on the pack. It'll tell you how long to cook it for. Okay. And but, at what temperature? But, no, but I could, what I'm saying is I could do the rest of the ingredients of a, of a roast dinner. I've done it for years. But the potatoes and the veg and a nut roast, uh, I, all of that stuff I could do. But I wouldn't know how to cook the meat is what I'm saying. What is that face for? Well, fortunately, you've got a cookbook now with it all written in. OK, well, well I'm going to give you a cockbook. What? No, no. It sound, in my head, it sounded like a really good put-down. But it's but, just cock again, wouldn't it? But King, cock, uh, King Cooks <laughs> last night panned the product. Carl Edwards, 30, from Goring, where Sussex blasted. The fat has fallen to no depth! Oh, come on. Don't be extra Iceland's about it. Iceland's head chef, Neil Nugent, said, Convenience and quality is fundamental to all of our dishes, even simple ones like scrambled egg. Um, the Sun told how Sainsbury's was launching touch-free chicken in a pouch for young shoppers too scared to touch raw meat. Grow up. Tell you what we did notice, didn't we, in the shops the other day? Yes. You could buy a boiled egg with some spinach on it. Oh, yeah, in a little plastic tub. It's called a protein pack. Oh, I've got a protein pack for you. Uh, Is that cock again? No, please. Um, oh, three, well, let's just go to the ads. Late night conversation. Wealth losing sleep over. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, I did a fun thing uh, over the past few uh, days. I made a mixtape. Did I tell you about this? No, you didn't. You're I'm, keeping it top secret. I made a mixtape. Now I've got my stereo. I've got my nads out, um, and I've got um, my CDs out. I've lost loads of CDs. That's disappointing. The Talking Heads album I wanted with uh, "And She Was." Have you, you know the song? Yes, a great song. I lost that album. Instead, I've got one. I've just got one of their funky albums. I don't like Talking Heads when they're funky. Uh, I got my vinyl, although I didn't use any vinyl. But so I just sat by my stereo. Pile of CDs, sat on a beanbag. Did you press record and play? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. And I, and I, um, I made a mixtape of uh, all American... They're all American artists on this, right? And it's 0344 499 It was so satisfying. I had music blasting loudly. I got the levels wrong on some of them. I'm a little bit out of practice. I didn't, I didn't do Dolby noise reduction. I didn't do any doubly on there, so it might be a bit hissy. I can't really remember. Did you get any stickers with it? Like the car and the like no, the fried I didn't. Eggs and I didn't stuff. I was the, the decorating was never really part of my my trip, man. It mm. was never really part of my trip. Um, it was it was the music for me. It's all about music. It's all about the music. What a thrill! Mix it. And I'm thinking when we launch, if we get round to launching this Patreon thing, um, uh, I think like for like the the higher grade part of their package, people paying thousands. So I do a mixtape. I do a unique mixtape for them every month. Unique. I mean, this is people that pay like ten thousand pounds a month. All oh, right, okay. Because you're going to need to license that. And... Shut up, man! Shut up! Don't be such a, a, a bum lick killjoy. Well, knobber. you know, home taping is killing music. It's not though, is it? Music is is alive, and home taping is music is killing home taping. It'll be like um, it'll be like what, what they call now Spotify. The Spotify. Is that what they call it now? That's what they call it now. But it'll be like that, but but on a cassette form, deviated by me, dictated by me. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You got any stories? You bring anything to the party tonight? Because so far, your contribution, if I'm honest, is well, is not worthy of 
this or this fine, fine audience, the most intelligent, the the most intelligent audience listening to the most popular late night phoning show anywhere in Britain. All right, I'm going to go in the news bin. The news bin. Da la 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 la. The news bin. I'm just going to do this while I wait for it to load up. The news bin. The news bin. All right, because I've got... Oh, Tupac is alive and living in Cuba. I don't know who that is. Tupac Shakur. The rap singer. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Hello? Hello? Hi, it's that talk radio. Yes, hello, who's this? It's Carol. I'm a bit worried about Velvet, his, his baby. Because... What are you beefing on about? Oh, don't you start. Yes. I'm worried about Velvet. Da, 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 da. And I was going to tell him how to boil an egg because he's missing a vital fact. Who's that? It's Carol. Who, did you? Who, you? Yes, me. I did. Don't get shouty because yeah, I'm Yeah, I know it is now. Yeah, I know it is now. Are you real? Yeah, well, don't get to, get to shouty because I'm going to hang up. Because I don't like shouting. Just shut it, pal. All right, I will. Am I talking to myself here? Go on, what you got? Tupac Shakur is alive and living in Cuba after being smuggled out of America. So he's supposed to be dead, is he? I don't really know. He got shot, yeah. By Biggie? I don't think... I'm not sure about the details. I don't think Big. no. Tupac Shakur was pronounced dead after he's gone down outside a nightclub in Las Vegas. It's like I mentioned for Vegas tonight, everyone. Biggie. Biggie Smalls. 22 years ago, but many fans still refuse to believe the rapper was killed in the drive-by shooting. Oh, Biggie Smalls did it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't think you can about. say that. I think... now, Biggie Smalls is dead as well, so oh. you can say what you want about him. You can't libel the dead. Biggie, Biggie Smalls, Smalls. And now Michael Nice has prompted... Michael Knight? No, Michael Nice. Oh, that's nice. ...has prompted more talk of a conspiracy by claiming Tupac is alive and living in Cuba. Oh. The British conspiracy theor- theorist... Claims he was part of a security team. Hang on, he's not the fella that um, we had on, is he? Talking about that guy that was murdered in Poland. No. Do you remember that? I would remember a name like Michael Nice. Okay. Okay, okay. I do remember that, and that got very odd. Very, very odd. The British conspiracy theory. Yeah, that got really weird, that guy, didn't it? Uh, It went pear shaped. No, it was fine. No, no, you're thinking of of Mr. Banks guy, yeah. That, that that went... Yeah, OK. All right. The British conspiracy theorist claims he was part of a security yeah. team that helped the rapper escape Las Vegas and smuggled him to the Caribbean. He now believes he's still hiding on the island. OK, just hold that thought for a second. Carry on, yeah. Why do you think nobody's been arrested if they said they the one that killed Tupac, he told TMZ? Sorry? Hang on. What the heck? Hang on. Yes. Michael Nice. Michael Knight. Nice is this fella, right? Right. Let's look at him. He looks a little bit like um, one like, of those characters looks like in. My old um, therapist. He looks like uh, one of the characters from This Is America by Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay, I've not seen that show. Oh, what's that idiot? Rubbish. Why is he talking like this? Pants. Why you think nobody been arrested if they said they the one that killed Tupac? <laughs> it's English. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, man. He told TMZ, because Tupac is not dead. If he was dead, they'd be arresting those dudes for murder. Wow. You know he's somewhere smoking a Cuban cigar on an island. Well, you don't know that. Michael claims he worked as security for far-left political party the Black Panthers, a movement Tupac's parents, Adnai Shakur and Billy Garland, were involved in during the late 1990s. He says they heard that a hit had been put out on Tupac and deployed Michael to get him out of the country. Yeah. But it was too late. On September the 7th, 1996, Tupac was shot, but Michael claims he was only injured. He says he helped Tupac leave the country before someone else delivered the rapper to safety. He w- It was me, my bother, the pilot. Um, my bother? If, right, it... God, I don't Does he even, mean my brother? I, Who's he, written this? Have they I, done it with the knuckles? Here's the thing: I don't even know. I don't. I don't know the story. I don't understand this, this uh, ep, uh, epilogue to the story. I don't even know why you're talking. I don't, I you don't asked know. me to talk, so I did some. Yeah, talking. but I thought it'd be something interesting that we, I, I, I'm just. I've got it's no one of the greatest idea. mysteries of all time. Where's no, it's not. No, it's not. No, yeah, no, it no, 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 no. The greatest mystery of all time is Lord Lucan. And um, I got a little Lord Lucan update for you. Is he also in Cuba? No. With Tupac? No, he killed himself. Um, for sale, the AA membership card Lord Lucan left behind. <laughs> An AA membership card which Lord Lucan left at the scene of the crime which led to his disappearance has been unearthed. The card bearing the aristocrat's signature and photograph was found at the family home in Belgravia where he bludgeoned his children's nanny, Sandra Rivet, to death. Lucan, whose family name was Bingham, vanished in November 1974 and his car found abandoned 75 miles away in New Haven. He was never seen again and is widely thought to have committed suicide. His wife, Lady Lucan, is uh, believed to be his intended target of his attack, died a year ago. The three-inch by four-inch AA card is now coming up for auction among a number of items first sold as part of his estate 40 years ago. It's expected to fetch. How much do you think it'll fetch? Ooh. Uh, 60,000. They say uh, £800. Oh. But that, that's what... It, it will get more than... I reckon it about five grand. It won't get 60,000 £60, pounds? Are you stupid? For the lovers of the macabre? Yeah, but £60,000. The lovers of the macabre just like getting crap books and rubbish DVDs. And watching YouTube. YouTube and things. listening to Howard Hughes. Mm-hmm. Sunday nights from 10 o'clock. It's a great listen. Auctioneer Andrew Aldridge said in Devizes, Wiltshire, the, the card is not dated, but judging by the photo of them, it was taken not long before it disappeared. In those days, motorists always took their AA or RSA cards with them. Green flag had yet to be invented. Okay. Little bit of the old, little bit of the old social history there, and then we go on to another mystery. A social history mystery. What you got? Manson family members oh. cavort naked and play with weapons in unseen footage of the killer cult. Producer Simon Andrei found the shocking scenes among hundreds, among one hundred hours of tapes of the fa- the family made, of the family made fifty years ago. Now digitally remastered, the footage forms the basis of two-part ITV documentary Manson: The Lost Tapes. Twisted Charles Manson promised drugs and free love before coercing vol- followers to kill seven people in 1969. Um, so that goes on. That goes on. 
So the mystery, the mystery unfolds. And then we get to the, the biggest mystery of all time. All right, I've been waiting for that. What's that? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell Aunt Fairy about Uncle John. It said he had the kitchen, but he had a lot of fun. Oh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Have me some fun tonight. Have me some fun tonight. I always Aunt found Fally. that creepy, but it's even <laughs> creepy when you do that. Come in, Paul Ross. It's Aunt Fally. Oh! Hey. I like it. I, that is a shirt I could carry off. You like you like warm. the check shirts. That it's like a, an old Lee Cooper. It's a it's a remodelled version of an old classic. It looks it's, new it's, though. Oh yeah, it's new. It's, it's, oh, a, it's a remade one, remodelled. Right, but they, the trouble is, one collar curls up and one collar curls oh. under. This is the great it's thing. It's a white middle aged problem. It is. I've got a shirt that I've had to chuck because one of the collars goes up, and I've I've starched it. Said it to me. I love it. Don't chuck it away. I've starched it. I can't do it. You just go. You tried a bone. Beg your pardon. Collar bone. Um, no, we're caught, what, the, the slide into the thing? Yeah, put the tabs No, it hasn't got little holes in it. It's not a fancy shirt. I know a lady will do that for you. She'll fix your bone. Really? Yeah. God, it's been such a long time, Paul. <laughs> I've been at the end of the pier for too long. Can I give you a great mystery? Yeah. One of the great literary mysteries is Edgar Allan Poe, boozer, opium user, yeah. found dead after a two or three day binge, wearing somebody else's clothes. <gasps> what happened to him? It's an interesting film they tried to make about it with John Cusack, which doesn't quite answer it. Yeah. Um, but, and he created the modern detective story. Dead in somebody else's clobber. Wow. Fully dressed. That's a great mystery, isn't it? Wow. Quote the raven, nevermore. What's on you? We've got 45 seconds, Paul Ross. What's on well, you? Well, we've show, got something mate? very different tonight. Um, we've come across a man, but met a man who's called Bobby Capuccio, who is one of the leading in America mindfulness coaches, physical health coaches. Okay. Uh, we spoke to him because it's uh, World Mental Health Day, October the 10th, and he suddenly we realised he's in this country today. So I've done oh. an interview with him, a very long interview. He's had an absolutely astonishing life, inspirational and awful in equal measure. He was born with severe facial deformities, put up yep. for adoption. Um, his adoptive father died when he was two. The new man who entered his mother's life beat him savagely, practically oh. every day of his life from the age of five. Yeah. Uh, the man's son turned up, who was also abusive, older child. Wow. Because his facial deformity was so severe, he suffered terribly at school, then diagnosed with Tourette's. And then he's managed to completely transform his wow. life. And I'm talking to him at about one fifteen. Fantastic. I look forward to this. Sounds incredible. Listen to that on my drive home. Paul Ross is up next. We're back tonight at 10. Ta-ta!